0: and welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through a Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I am your very frightened veteran, Donnie.
1: I am Frank, your charmed neophyte.
0: And today we are taking a look at Degrassi The Next Generation Season 2, Episode 12 and 13, which is White Wedding Part 1 and 2. And to help us get through this special two-part episode, um, we have a very special guest. Um he is an artist, a bird enthusiast, as well as a dungeon master you wish that you had. Please give a very warm welcome to Gray.
1: Huzzahs.
2: Hi. Hello. My business card has a lot of titles on it. <laughs> <laughs> it has all sorts of names.
1: Breaker uh, of chains.
0: But um thank you s- <laughs> Doom of men. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. It um. is.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Thank um, you. I, I'm a hyper new fight. These are the first episodes of Degrassi I've ever seen. Um, after having kind of like grown up tangentially aware of it, it's like the other thing that came on Nickelodeon when it, it did Is it like time for me to switch to another channel. Because it's like, oh, you know, it's like episode 8 billion. I don't know what's happening. I'm going to watch a cartoon about a samurai instead. So I'm very, I was very excited to actually jump in and see what it was all about. Um, and boy, howdy, this is a this is a pair episode.
0: Yeah, this was a one, quite the one to jump into between like. <laughs> Like, content-wise, it was, like, ugh. And then you also throw in the fact that there is, like, an obscene amount of appearances by characters that are, like, from the original Degrassi. So, like, it's another one of those situations where it's, like, if you were only a next-generation person, you would have to also deal with that. So, like, not not the easiest episode for a rookie to jump into. So thank you, Gray, for being a great sport.
2: Oh, my God. I threw me for a loop because when I was looking up... I was trying to find the episodes on YouTube, so I watch them on my TV, use some of the links, and I confused myself for a moment because I'm like, oh, I'm watching Degrassi, not Degrassi Next Generation.
1: <laughs> That's like the
2: new one. No, apparently there was one before my time, even older than me, and I didn't know it existed. I assumed Degrassi was a product of the 90s uh, from its inception, which is not the
3: case.
0: No. Well, it's also interesting to think about, right? Because it's like something I think about a lot with the next generation is that like yours and my age bracket in particular gray, like we were the age of these characters. So, it's ve- <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting cuz
2: it was very to see because it was one of those, <laughs> when I was watching I was like, oh yeah, this is in the era where like they actually hire kids to play kids on TV, and not just young, doughy adults <laughs> just kind of lying and <laughs> pretending.
0: It's true. Um, so let's get the show on the road, Gray. We usually invite our guests to introduce our A plot, B plot, and in this case, we were talking about this off-air, kind of a C plot. So if you would like to give a brief introduction to this stuff, please, please do so.
2: Yeah, so, alright, my notes um, So, uh, it seems like our A-plot, there is a wedding imminent between two season one vets, uh, Spike and Snake Which I learned later are not their real names, so But, uh, and, and I, you told me that you, in our intro, like, oh, these are the two getting married I only figured out which one was which when one of the characters hands Spike, or a snake stat to you uh, um, that helps me a lot. I appreciate that. But our a plot is about the two of them and their anxiety. Uh, um, there is a pregnancy that, that comes up, and there's a lot of uh, TV sitcom brand miscommunication. Uh, our b plot involves these two bastard children on their stripper quest, um, which just <laughs> consumes their entire life in this entire two day process. Um, and (laughs) our C-plot which, believe it or not there's a C-plot, is about the, um, this kind of will they, won't they between characters who I learned in the second episode were named Emma and Sean. Um, Emma, who is also the daughter of, uh, a a plot character, Spike. I think.
0: Did I get that right? Yes, you did, you did. Um, Good job.
2: Okay, yes. Um, she also has deep plot about her hair disaster this big problem <laughs> uh, this, this botched perm deep plot
0: <laughs> sorry I was like dying during this um I guess before we go any further I think it is good to do a quick content warning because Gray's very uh good summary of this did touch upon some of the content that we are going to be talking about today Um, We are going to be talking about pregnancy and the conversation of abortion. Um, So if that's something that you need to sit out on, like, please keep in mind. Also, there is a lot of really nasty implications and assumptions made about sex work in this, especially within the context of and using the language of like stripping and strippers and stuff like that. So if that also is something that, yeah, the whole B plot. So if, if this is something that you need to sit out on, don't hesitate to because these are just so much of the plot and we are going to inevitably be talking about it a whole lot. So keep that in mind.
2: Yeah, it kind of reeks of that early 90s, late-o's kind of flippant insensitivity. It's just like like they're not aware that that's a problem and if if they are, they don't care. Yep, yep. And
3: yeah, one of those
0: deals. You hit, like, all of, like, the humor in this series, at least that we have observed. (laughs) It's a lot of, like... (laughs) Like, Gray, no joke, there's a gag in which a male student is trying to, like, get out of, like, a test. And he goes to a nurse where he sees there's a male nurse. And the male nurse is, like, about to ram, like, a thermometer up his ass.
2: Oh, good. I bet that was, uh got a lot of lass around the couch (laughs) on Monday night, Tuesday night. I forget when Degrassi came on.
0: Me too, Um, but still.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about par for the course.
0: Yeah, so I guess, yeah, that's just like the the nature of this beast that is Degrassi. Um, I really should actually plan what plot we're going through, A plot, B plot. I'd say...
1: But the thing is, with all these plots, they're so mixed together this time, I think if we just run through the two episodes sequentially, we'll hit yeah. everything.
0: I think that's probably a good idea. Like,
1: normally they're isolated incidents involving, you know, a f- few characters and then JT and Toby.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> It seems
2: I listened to one other episode you guys did to kinda of get a feel for the tone and I got the same sense that's like wow these two idiots just kind of do their own thing and damn everyone else around them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it seems it seems like in this one, like the B and C plots all kind of like move congruently with the A and it's like their elements can't really fall into place fall into place without the um Major plot kind of
0: pushing them all forward. That's a good point. So I think we should just kind of go through, unless Frank, are you having a brain blast?
1: Well, no, sorry. Just a bit of housekeeping before we start. Um, we got two reviews.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: nice. First off is from Howl and Holler. Um, cute host, cute show. Thank you. Top notch podcast and Canada's most beloved television export. Donnie and Frank are charming hosts. Welcoming viewers and non-viewers alike into the Degrassi conversation. Well worth a listen. Thank you, Helen Holler.
0: Thank you. Uh,
1: Great discussion. I followed Frank over from the Teen Girl Talk podcast. And hot dang, this is some amazing, thoughtful discussion between him and Donnie that I really enjoy listening to. About a show I've never cared about before. Here to stay as a listener. I too hope you can make it through. So thank you, (laughs) Mighty Amoeba. I remember your review from my other show.
0: Thank you to both of these reviewers. It legitimately, like, Frank emailed me, like, a link. And I was like, okay, I'm going to click on it. I hope it's not anything bad. And then I clicked on it. I don't know. I didn't remember what charitable was. So I clicked on it. And it legitimately made my week. So thank you so much for leaving reviews. It means a whole lot.
1: I'm just offended that you would be like, "Hey, like, do check out this link. It's some super gross stuff."
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I am suspicious. Shady, charitable links. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so new to podcasting as a concept that, like, you know, I I don't trust anything. Someone once was like, "Oh yeah, I found your podcast on um, I." Gwen showing me their phone from across, yes, okay, it is a gif of a dog freaking out, that's me. Um, but, but, like, you have to, like, once, Kira, friend of the show, I think, was the one who said this, where she was like, oh yeah, I found your podcast on, like, my podcast streaming app. And, like, I freaked out because I thought, like, I did not even think that that's an okay thing. I was just like, what? What do you mean you found my podcast? <laughs> They
1: stole it. (laughs) Stole this thing we put out in the world.
0: How dare they? Anyway, that goes to show you how little I really know about this industry that I have forced myself into.
1: I'm now thinking to myself, like, what podcast... What of the two podcasts I've done have I revealed more incriminating information on? I still think it's teen girl
0: talk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just... I'm just a deeply suspicious human being, and I am sorry. Um,
1: (laughs) Although I was, because here's the thing. For this one, I was thinking we need a um, whiteboard that we cross out, like, number of episodes without a Mama Onu reference.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I fail it. I fail it every damn time. Day since
3: this reference.
0: (laughs) And then, like...
2: (laughs) You get like a big bingo card that you can just kind of like knock off. Oh you my just god! Kind of want
0: to just repeat something. That's like a free space, Mama Onu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I don't um, know if you met you've you've you heard it in in an episode that you listened <laughs> to, great, But it's like we always reference Mama Onu, this turtle that Emma did a report on once.
3: Oh, I absolutely did
2: because I listened to the episode about uh part one and two of Shout. And I think one of the f- things you talked about is having mean, the
0: book report on the turtle. <laughs> like, it's such an important episode, and my fuck ass is like, yeah, Baba Onu, though. <laughs> but have you heard about this turtle?
3: He's a great guy.
0: <laughs>
3: well, the thing... That,
1: again, so here's the difference between this podcast and the other one is for Teen Girl Talk. It's just, like, number of episodes since we mentioned hand jobs, And it's so much worse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know what? We 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 we're we're trying here. Anyway, as much as I would love to talk about people talking about us, we should probably continue the episode. <laughs>
1: give people what they want.
0: Yeah, right? Like they want us to make it through, so we gotta give it to them. Um so let's just kind of jump into it. We start in school, a very natural thing. Um Snake, we're in Snake's class. He's wearing like a motherboard Viking hat. Yes. Which, I gotta say, that's a Buckwild thing to see if it's, if it's their first experience ever with the show. You're like, oh, Degrassi, I'm gonna figure out what this is about, turn it
3: on. And there is just this cartoon <laughs> man wearing like a motherboard Viking hat. I thought it, I didn't even see the helmet underneath until like the next scene while he's being disrespected by all these kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was just like, it's like, yeah, it was a little goofy even for him. To, to bust this out? It I was would... gonna say, because, like,
2: nothing else in this episode, would my thinking back, makes me feel like, yeah, he's the kind of guy who would wear uh,
0: <laughs> this
2: weird hat.
0: Well, like, the thing is, like, this season, I feel like they went through their prop closet and found so many hats, because I feel like... Not only did Snake have this really weird hat this this episode, but, like, in other episodes, they'll be doing, like, an English theater activity, and then they're all wearing, like, tiaras and, like, baseball hats and Viking hats and stuff like that. Like, I swear (laughs) to God, they were just like, man, we got all of these hats, what are we gonna do with them?
1: Literally two episodes ago, Snake comes into the... comes into the classroom wearing fishing waders and oh my god rubber gloves (laughs) and it's just like something broke in the men's room and it's just like what what how what it's
2: really (laughs) jarring it's like if they don't use every single prop in the closet
0: they have to throw it away (laughs) (laughs) it's like a library it's like like a library if it's non-circulation then they have to trash it so waiters it is
1: i now realize i've been i spend an hour today editing the wrong episode (laughs)
0: Oh, oh that's <laughs> oh, no. oh, baby. Um, that's something to unpack after this. <laughs> but um hey, the
1: episode doesn't come out till Thursday, it's Tuesday. I can edit the right episode.
0: Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so Snake is wearing a motherboard Viking hat, and he is like quizzing the kids, but also spacing out and Lamau, he's getting married tomorrow.
2: <laughs> yeah, did they Build that up before this episode at all, or is this just yes. like a
3: surprise? Well, they're
0: moms? they're engaged. Like they were engaged, but like, oh, okay, bold of you as a teacher to not get married during like spring break or like President's I was Day was gonna
3: weekend. Well, <laughs> like, like, yeah, oof, it's kind
1: of that
2: seems uh, poorly planned all around, which I guess is the theme yeah. <laughs> of this episode. A lot of plans don't really play out the
0: way that any of them wants them to
1: no listen snake i understand you found true love but you can't go on on your honeymoon you're 20 percent of our staff
0: right like between... <laughs> also right. like he's worked at this school for how long he hasn't accrued enough like sick days that he can just use one up like the day before his wedding
1: snake haslockus Mrs. Kwan, Armstrong, that home teacher we saw the one time. We've seen five teachers.
0: Radish, who could sometimes jump in to teach English, apparently. I'm,
1: I'm still not counting him as a full teacher. That's fair. So that's five teachers.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, this is, this is a... Damn, guys. This is a sad those, state those of affairs.
2: that's of crowded in the intro. We only got five teachers? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, that we've no. seen on screen. And, like, it's not even a case of, like, oh, the kids talk in dialogue about like having other teachers, the kids never mention any other teacher except for the teachers that we see on screen. So like for all intents and purposes, there are only five teachers at Degrassi. Yeah.
1: Dang. And Come on. I now realize something and I feel a deep amount of sorrow for you, Gray, is that you watched mm-hmm. the first two episodes that did not have a single appearance of Paige.
0: Oh, my God, it's true, and I'm wilting. Ah, damn, we'll just have to do another one later. Yep, you yeah. have, have to see Queen I'll Paige. See
1: best episode.
0: Oh, my gosh. I don't think there is
1: one. I think they're all the best episodes. Like,
0: she can be in it for five seconds, and it's a breath of fresh air. Like, I seems to
1: be graced by the, uh, her presence.
2: It's
0: true. But, yeah, no, it's true that she's not in it. Because um, in this scene, we are in the eighth grade classroom. Liberty... Um, makes a snide remark because like, Snake acts, asks her a question, she answers it, and he's just like, what? <laughs> like, and she's like, uh. And then she then kind of takes that as a transition point to surprise him with a bridal gift from everyone. Marriage gift? I said bridal, but like...
3: Yeah.
0: What? It's a gift. I don't care. Wedding, marriage...
1: What, what was it?
0: What? It's a good job present. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I completely blind. What what was the present? Um they show I remember
2: what it was in a scene. I know later in the episode we see him come into his home with this like badass wooden cobra. So <sighs> maybe it's that. I don't actually remember if they gave it to him or not.
0: I don't think he actually like I don't remember him opening the present. Okay. Like, I don't know if they he does because it jumps to the boys, with the Z at the end. Because, like, JT's...
2: respecting
0: Yeah.
3: It's just...
0: <laughs> yeah, like... They
2: talk during his whole thing. They don't let him get a word in edgewise. Uh That's my second note. Which <laughs> is, these kids don't respect this dude at all.
0: I agreed. Um, Hello. Yeah.
2: It's... <laughs> They're just making fun of him while you can still hear him in the background. Trying to explain his whole deal, like, uh,
3: you know, it was my big wedding,
2: I'm kind of nervous, I'm just kind of, not here right now, and they are just owning him. Right (laughs) right in front of them, just talking to each other, ignoring him completely, and it's so
1: rude. But then, um, then our sweet eyebrow boy.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Sean with eyebrows.
1: (laughs) He says, you would under, like, he chides them.
0: Specifically JT. JT is the biggest hater in this one. He's just, like, he's totally, like, not on board. Sean is then, like...
1: You'd understand if you had ever been in love. Yeah. And and Manny's, like, antenna pokes up, and she's just like, somebody said the word love.
0: Yeah, because, like... (laughs) Well, like, because notably absent from class is Emma, you know, the girl whose mom is getting married tomorrow to the dude who's teaching right now. Like, (laughs) she's not here. You know what?
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I
2: forgot about that. She just isn't present at all. Where'd
0: she go? Well, like, it's super confusing. I was really confused. I could not figure out what... Because after this whole entire thing is established, Manny is very much like, ooh, Sean. Oh, he was in love. Okay. I'm gonna do something with this information. Like... Past destiny? maybe present tense. <laughs> yeah, right. Water. So, like, and then, like, it it goes, jumps to, like, Emma waking up, and she's freaking out, and I'm like, oh, so she was late. Like, okay, she slept in. But then, like, it gets really confusing because then she, like, sees Spike, and Spike doesn't seem like she's trying to rush her out the door, and then I was like, oh, is she taking the day off? I Maybe I'm just dense. I don't know. And then, like, It was just really hard for me to figure out the timeline that Emma, that Emma was living when she woke up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, I
2: noticed later on that she's got, like, her shirts on, like, buttoned up weird, like, like, uh, like, the buttons don't line up properly, and it's uneven. No one comments on it, but I noticed. So maybe she's, like, frazzled in late because of reasons. I don't, yeah, it was, I was also kind of like, oh, wait, wait a minute. How did,
1: uh, oh, okay.
0: She's here now. Well, yeah. If, if Spike had given
1: her a piece of toast, she would have run out of the house with it in her mouth.
0: It's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, like, even then, like, the button shirt, well, the button shirt helped me, and maybe this is just because, like, I have, like, done semi-formals and stuff like that. I was like, okay, she's putting on a button shirt so that she can take it off after she gets her makeup and hair done. Mm. And I was like, okay, that makes sense in my little peanut brain. Okay. Okay. And I was able to be like, all right, so she's taking the day off, yeah. But even then, like, I don't, its the whole thing confused the crap out of me. And then, like, as she's talking, Spike is just kind of like, hey, can, like, give me two seconds. Like, oh, I gotta take some medicine and everything. And Emma's just, like, pushing her out the door. And it's like, oh, can't, got stuff to do. Here's some water. Like, you can take the meds later. Okay, let's go. Um, And then, like they end up at school and i'm like okay now i'm beginning to figure out this whole entire timeline um spike looks at like a medical like a bag from the pharmacy ominously that she had in her hand when she left the house and then i begin to understand the timeline of what the hell is going on
1: well it's like the day before and emma is i guess being a bossy 13 14 year old i don't know how old she actually is and she's helping don't with know the, we're the wedding planning like...
0: Which, okay.
1: So, which, for me, made perfect sense between uh, Spike and Emma, where, like, hey, I'm getting married, Emma's like, I want to help. So, like, well, you're gonna be here every part of the way with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, cause, <laughs> you know.
1: Cause Spike has raised Emma to be the most reliable 13-year-old ever.
2: Yeah, I got that impression throughout a lot of it, where it's like, Emma is practically just her roommate.
0: Yeah. On top of the
2: paper like, we're gonna... Every single task, like, you're there with me on, 100%. Uh, I expect both of us to kind of, like, equal parts of all this. It. it. seems, uh, I don't know, and maybe that's supposed to be kind of like a, um, it's like a, oh, single parent, raise raised my daughter, you know, we're, they're going to be tough and they're going to be able to handle all these problems. Um, so I guess, yeah, looking back on it, I can see that. Maybe they're, like, what? doing the planning,
1: staying up too late. Something we we've, yeah. we've seen Spike before, like doing her best to teach Emma to be like strong and independent. Like at one point, a dude like says some gross stuff to them at a mall, and Spike like slams the guy for being a gross out. And then like Spike is like, "You're embarrassed because I'm making a scene, but he should be embarrassed for being a creep." Like yeah, so she's a good mom.
0: Yeah, she's a good mom, and I also think this like compa- this like partnership of sorts that forms from it is also I think also a huge factor is that the age difference between the two of them is not as vast as some mothers and daughters and I think that's also a big factor where I think that it's you know inevitably Spike can see a little more of Emma as an equal because I feel like Spike is also not somebody who who is like, well, I am, like, X years old, and that's so far from, like, where I was. Like, I think she she uses that to her advantage and allowed allowed herself to kind of be more vulnerable to the idea of having a, a relationship with her that is more of, like, a partnership in terms of conquering the world together.
1: I mean, yeah, I think it's also, like, Emma's gotten to the age where she understands how old Spike was when Spike had her. Yeah. Like, and I don't think that, like, Spike, and I think that's illustrated in this episode, doesn't kind of, like, doesn't, might not mince words. Uh, yeah. Like, about, like, yeah, no, like, what I did, you know, happened. This is, like, where we are, and just, this is what we do.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more openness between them than I think many mothers and daughters at that age. I think that a lot... It feels like Spike doesn't fear that Emma is 13 14. I think a lot of the time and I say this as somebody who works with eighth graders a lot of the time, you see that like kind of panic in parents eyes sometimes <laughs> when they're interacting with their middle schooler because it's like you're not my little kid anymore and now you like you like like you're interested in romance and you're interested in like staying out late and like I don't know what to do. And here it feels more like Spike embraces it and goes, no, that means you're ready to handle responsibilities and that means you want, you're want you ready to understand the real world and it means that you're ready to be a person with more autonomy than you did a couple years back. And there's something very nice about their relationship throughout this episode, but also throughout the series because of it.
1: Uh, I feel... Yeah, it seems... Go ahead. No, please, Gray. Oh, I
2: mean, I was going to say, it feels like they have a very, like... I feel almost more like companions
3: than yeah. they do,
2: like a mother-daughter. And this kind of companionship vibe, I got Spike's other primary friend who we see in this episode. It feels like they have this like really tight bond, and they really understand each other, and they communicate really, really well, which confuses me about other things that we'll get to later.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree, and we'll get to that. <laughs> um, yeah. Before we continue exploring Spike and Emma's dynamic um, we do zip back to Manny and JT. Manny says something about JT always wanting older women, which is weird to me as a viewer because JT has really not particularly discriminated against age ever.
3: <laughs> like, yeah, it seems like
2: he doesn't think too far about anything beyond like, uh oh, a lady. Yeah. Uh,
1: time to time to be obnoxious. Yeah. To do what I, I <laughs> well, I mean, like we saw him disgustingly hit on, uh, Mrs. Miss
0: has Hasselakos. Yes.
1: Popplecorn. <laughs> um. And, like, I'm sure he's talked at length about it. You know.
0: Well, the thing is, is like. Mm. Yeah, okay, that's true, but also, like, he literally, like, lo- like, whenever he sees Emma, he literally does, like, a full body scan of her. So, like, I feel like just from that basis... You mean
1: Emma or Paige?
0: Both. Okay. He's done it to both. Like, I have seen that, He see that treatment to both Emma and Paige. Like, he has not discriminated against, like, you know, the age of a woman for him to be disgusting toward them.
1: Yeah. So, um. Um.
0: but yeah, so like Manny makes a side comment about that. And as they're having that conversation, Emma appears, she establishes that they establish like that she has the day off, but she's dropping off a project. Um, As she's like running around the halls, I I saw a poster and I don't know if I just paused it weirdly or this is literally all the poster said, but it just said racism. Stop it.
3: <laughs> knock it off, you brats! Don't do that in
0: <laughs> <hour>. <laughs> Like, I don't know if there was more in that poster, but like, I was like, because like, I pause it every two seconds to take notes, and I pause it and I look up and I'm like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> just, I just imagine going after a group of KKK members like "Hey, knock it off! All right, oh, and just walk away." <laughs>
0: Oh man, I guess I was being racist. <laughs> I don't you know.
1: This has really opened my eyes. <laughs> I don't, what do know what you guys want to do, Wanna start A club for pancake breakfasts? All right.
0: Yeah, like it's just. Oh my god, but like, so that happens anyway. Like Manny.
1: It's also a. I also kind of enjoyed just the the camera work in this episode. Yeah. Because this is a long shot, like through the hallways. And also, what I like is that, like, Emma's rushing about, and she, like, she's like, I just had to turn this one thing into Mrs. Kwan, and she hands Mrs. Kwan, like, she's holding her shoes in one hand, she's holding her paper in the other, she hands Mrs. Kwan these crusty-ass shoes, <laughs> Kwan has a moment to look <laughs> at the shoes, <laughs> and then Emma, like, runs back, and, like, hands them back, but, like, the thing is, Mrs. Kwan doesn't get a mic, and she just kind of says... I wish everybody was like, was, um, I wish every student was as dedicated as you are. And, like, basically in a TV whisper.
0: Yeah, that was really
1: bizarre. (laughs) And also, was it just me, or did Manny's voice change?
0: Manny, in general, her whole demeanor was very different to me this episode. Her behavior, her characterization felt different. I I hesitate to say, off- but I feel like from how she looked to how she reacted to how she acted on like a technical level, like the whole character of Manny felt different this episode, and it was quite jarring for me, honestly.
3: Mm. So uh, this is a, so
2: this is normal for her. The, this these arcs. Uh, that's interesting.
0: Like in terms I'm of sorry. Manny and how she acted.
2: Yeah, yeah her relationship with Emma. Well, Different
3: things go through. I'm like, character.
0: Uh, well, like Emma. Well, the thing is with Manny is that she's been very much like she. She's had like probably two major plots so far, but for the most part, she's just kind of like Emma's friend.
1: It, it's just like they had to. They had to like kind of change. Like Manny's main thing through these episodes is that she is Emma's go-to person yeah like she's always like right there in step with emma um and like this time like going behind emma's back it
0: felt so not what manny does yeah
1: and it felt like like well we want to throw in this sean plot how do we deliver it without like
0: well the problem naturally yeah but it's
1: like i'm sorry.
0: No, well, another thing is like, Gray, I don't know if you read up too much about Sean, but the reason why the two of them broke up in the first place is because Sean was in the middle of a fight with a boy, and when Emma confronted him, he like shoved her. Yeah. And she was just like, fuck it, I'm done, I'm not dealing with this, and broke, like, and yeah. And then like he hooked up with another girl, and it was like a bit, you know, that was also a lot of things. So like, the reason why the relationship failed the first time around is because he hurt her physically, mm-hmm. like physically harmed See, her. Hmm,
2: that changes yeah. a lot. Notes because I was like, okay, as I was going through that, okay, something happened here, uh, clearly in the past, and now they're trying to like, oh, uh, will they won't they get them back together? was not aware of
3: all the baggage. That
0: changes a lot. I agree. And, like, that's the problem with this episode, to me, is, like, Manny's acting like it was just, like, they went on a couple dates and it didn't, you know, like, they ghosted each other. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt like... Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, this is a missed connection and I want my friend to be happy. Because Manny is just very, like, oh, like... You know, Sean, like she talks to Emma and like says like, Oh yeah, like I think Sean was in love with you and like have you thought about maybe taking him to the wedding, et cetera, et cetera. And it just feels very like it didn't sit right with me. Yeah, like
2: Yeah, knowing all that it seems lot. I've got all these notes to say, like, Oh, he's kind of a good sport about this when like she invites him and he's like, Yeah, okay, maybe when she goes to take it away, he's like, No, yeah, that's fine. It's well, like you can tell that he's like, kind of like, bummed out about it, but I'm like, oh, you know, he's being an okay sport. He's not like fighting with them. He's not being nasty. Uh, um, that changes a lot. The,
1: <laughs> having that context, the, yeah. The thing is, part of me wonders if because they're so young, they like because the the way Donnie and I viewed it is, we we said it was like abuse, like not domestic yeah, partner I mean, abuse, but.
0: It, yeah, it's 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 in, shitty and bad yeah. and
1: like we're yeah, you know, we're coming at this as, you know, in our
0: 20s? Yeah, I'm, I'm in my 20s, yes. Okay,
1: I'm in my <laughs> early 30s. Um, <laughs> and like so we, you know, we're more knowledgeable, but it's just like as for a 13-year-old, it might be like, well, you got shoved to the ground.
0: Yeah, but also the thing is is no point in this episode does Manny even acknowledge that? And, like, that's the thing. Like, I feel like...
1: That's kind of what I'm getting at, is, like, they might not see it as big of a deal as we do.
0: Yeah, but I think also... My thing is, like, Emma was upset because of the physical harm she experienced. Yeah. She was very upset. It wasn't hand-waved by her. So, and she... So, like, I feel like that could have been an interesting commentary if Manny straight up said, he only shoved you. Like, I don't really see the big Mm. deal. He hasn't hurt you since. You know, he hasn't done anything really to you other than that, other than like a prank phone call or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. But like, I feel like that would have been a conversation that I as a viewer would have liked to see because they put such an emphasis on how wrong it was that Sean did that to her. And then... Yeah, Yeah,
3: it's like
2: give me a sentence at least to just like remind me, kind of like give me a little bit of flavor on like how about that after however much time has passed. Uh, That would have been nice to know. Yeah,
1: anything. I think there's a DeGrassi mental dumping ground for the writers. Yes, where when they're done with a plot line, they'll just drive it out to the dump and just leave it there, along with like they left (laughs) they left the the. Paige gets Terry intentionally drunk so she embarrasses herself in front of Spinner plotline. Oh yeah, that, bye. <laughs> they left the um they're leaving this one over there. They're leaving oh, yeah. They're leaving the uh plotline plot line out there.
0: Well, like it also <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's ugly, but also like it also runs into this thing to me where it's like it shows me this Thing that they don't know what the hell they're doing with Sean because this Sean that you experienced, Greg, is very reminiscent of the early Sean that we really, really loved. Like, that was the kind of boy that he was in most of the first season. He was, like, a little rough around the edges, but overall a sweet kid who wanted to do right by people.
1: I feel like Han Solo talking about <coughs> Kala Ren. <laughs> yeah. You were a good boy. I, yeah. It seems like they're trying to do this kind of, like
2: i don't know this kind of like warrior poet kind of thing where he's like yeah i'm kind of tough but like i'm soft on the inside
0: exactly (laughs) but that's what it was that's what it was and that's what i liked and i thought it was really sweet and that's why for a very long time i i was cheering for the two of them because i liked what they were going and what they were trying to say and how you can be a rough like you know a bad bad classified as a quote-unquote bad boy but like you can still do good and be a good partner. And, like, there was a lot of really good potential stuff, but then he did something like that, which was portrayed in the series as inexcusable, which it should have been. Mm-hmm. But now they're trying... And also within season two, he hasn't done very much to show us that he he has grown, seeing as though he spent the past few episodes making homophobic jokes and doing types of shit like that, where... Like, we don't get very much indicator that he has really reflected on his actions and is now working on reducing the harm he inflicts on others. So now suddenly we're supposed to believe that he is season one Sean again and that he's just this, like, like you said, a warrior poet type. Um, and that Manny, you know, believes that her friend and he should get back together.
2: Gosh, Get it together. uh, That bums me out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, like, because that's the thing. Like, it's easy to get... Like, I got wrapped up in it, too, because I was like, oh, Sean's back. And...
1: Our last two episodes on season one are just entitled, like, You Can Hear the Sadness in Our Voice and More Sadness.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're just, like, real depressed. (laughs) But... But, like, then, so, like, whatever, like, Emma, as... Emma is presented with this premise of, like, Sean having, still having, potentially still having feelings and everything. She says, like, you know, she's, like, intrigued by what, by this premise, but at the end of it all, she says, you know what, it's over, whatever, like, I'm done.
3: Yeah, I thought she gave her friend a pretty hard
2: no
0: at the <laughs> yeah. end of that conversation. Yeah, but, like... Manny then decides, like you said, like you said, I remember, Gray, in your, like, summary of this episode, you talked about, like, classic miscommunication. I think this is why I didn't like this episode, because I hate these tropes. Like, I, yeah. hate, I hate miscommunication like this. I Not to say that miscommunication cannot be a plot point, blah, 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 blah. blah but, like, this is, like, the classic type of stuff that really gets under my skin. Um, yeah,
2: it's, it's very frustrating to see that all these different problems in this episode between these different characters could be solved so quickly and so painlessly.
0: Yeah, like it's not um, interesting to me from a storytelling perspective and I feel like it reduces a lot of these characters who I do think are fairly full like fairly realized as characters to very flat.
1: It yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like it doesn't make any sense for like them not to just sit down and talk to each other.
0: Especially when we have evidence of these girls. Manny and Emma in particular, they are transparent. Mm-hmm. They always talk about how they're feeling. They call out each other if they have crushes. They call out other people if they have crushes on them. Like, I kind of really doubt this.
1: And then they do, that,
2: they do that in these episodes, too. There are scenes later where in, uh, Emma's not so sure about different things and trying to figure out what to do, and Manny's there like walking her through it. They're kind of working it out. Uh, it seems kind of jarring it's like these problems need to happen for the episode and they can't figure out a way to make it work besides well they just don't talk to each other
0: that's exactly what i feel about this episode you have summed it up that is my grief with this episode (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah um like I, but gl- I really could have done with a scene of Liberty just being like Manny's like I'm gonna do this, and Liberty's like that's the worst idea I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, I would have loved that.
1: <laughs> just but, Liberty being sassy again,
0: right? I would have loved that because especially because they're friends now. But yeah. like anyway, so M-
1: pumped that's a trio.
0: But anyway, our grief. Well, my grief with this is like Manny, after having this conversation, goes up to Sean, has like procures a invitation, which by the way is, like, manips of snake and spike, but, like, really hard to determine what they're supposed to be manipulated into on, like, a piece yeah. of, like, oak, like, a piece of, like, slightly weathered, thin computer paper that's then folded like a brochure.
1: Yeah, it's like a travel
2: brochure
3: that you can buy at a gas station.
1: <laughs> well, you noticed something about the models, right? <laughs> It's the same models from the little graphic they made to congratulate Spike and Snake on their engagement. (laughs) It's
0: like it was a teeny tiny little, like, JPEG, and they were just like, oh, shit, we gotta stretch these out, okay. Why
1: is the thing only 200 pixels? Yeah! That's some clever uh, asset reuse.
0: Oh my god, but like, so like, she procures this and gives it to Sean, and says that Emma invited him. So it's like, this mess becomes even worse. What could have just been... Hey, Sean, I think that we, you know, I know you still have feelings for Emma. I think Emma might still have feelings for you. I'm gonna try and, like, run this thing and see what happens. Then becomes Emma likes you. Because, like, also this has been an issue. Sean has been tricked about Emma still having feelings for him before. Like, that's how he has been manipulated. Yeah, he's been manipulated (laughs) through this technique before by other people. So, like, we know that Sean is vulnerable to this. So, like... Like, watching this trope happen again So that he just kind of acts like a puppy Is, like, annoying
1: And, like, this There was enough going on in this episode That we didn't need this part of it I mean, for me I kind of enjoyed the payoff of it Because I was happy to see Kind of that coming back together But, like The thing was They could have done this a lot easier Like, they could have just cut this part completely out of the episode, and it would have still been a better pair of episodes.
0: I agree.
2: Absolutely. It's, yeah. Yeah. It feels it's it's the c plot, I guess, because it's the chap. Um, I mean the J T and uh, Tony, Tob Toby, what's his name? Toby.
1: Tony, Tony Toby t- tag along. Toby. Toby tag along that
2: face baby uh their side i guess their plot has like more screen time but less i mean any single value so i guess the sean emma is the c plot but it's like ah man gang there was more to unpack could have cut it for more zany jt adventures
1: um which i desperately need No, you don't. (laughs) So, let's get into that. Um,
0: Meanwhile.
1: JT JT and Toby have a plan to get Craig to convince Joey, Snake's friend. Joey was also on the original Degrassi. He had a hat. (laughs) As much as I know about him. Donnie did not like him.
0: (laughs) Donnie did not like him. (laughs) Gwen did not like him.
1: And they're like, okay, let's try and procure a stripper for this event for the bachelor party and the bouncer's just like piss off kids
0: (laughs) well this is like jumping so like oh my god there's a lot of jump here so like jt and toby see the bachelor party as an opportunity for them to see a sex worker okay terrible but i i understand their train of thought so then they talk to craig who they don't have that much rapport with but i guess enough that they're going to try and do this so Craig is like, yeah, this party's gonna suck because there's no sex workers there. And it's like... I do Yeah, like... Total
3: bummer.
0: Yeah, like, this party, which technically I'm just invited because it's being hosted at my, uh, my adopted dad's house. Like, <laughs> goddamn. Anyway, so, like, they're like, we're gonna acquire one. So, like, they go to a topless bar... And like go up to and they're like, Oh boy, like fancy is the headliner and they get to the door and the bouncer is like, Yeah no, goodbye, and like slams the door on them. Yeah.
2: This bounce this bouncer kicks their ass and he looks like a like an extra you'd see at a tavern, like a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> <You> just laughs in laugh these idiots' faces.
3: It's so uh, true. Which
2: I really appreciate it.
3: And- um but something that like
2: that scene also cemented for me, like, it made the rest of their B plot get confused because um, Hatman is there <laughs> and they're kind of like chatting next to Craig's car. And he's, he, it makes it pretty clear to all of them like, there are going to be no ex workers at this party. Don't bother. And so when they try and get just like owned immediately by this like bouncer guy, I feel like that should have been the end of it. He's like, y- you know what? It's not happening. Like, I can't, they, they spend the rest of these two episodes trying to catch a glimpse of something that they have been told thus far, and have failed to acquire,
3: uh, and it does not happening.
0: Yeah, it's just like this weird plot of convenience, and the convenience would just be, let's laugh at sex working. Like, that's all <laughs> I feel like you could get out of this, it's like, and we'll get more to the There's one line in particular that really upset me about this, but it's like, it just is like this, like, we've talked about on the show before, Gray, how the girls are actually, this episode is not the greatest showing of Manny's characterization, but the girls on Degrassi have a tendency of being written fairly complicated and interesting, and they have a lot of interesting dynamics with each other, and um, Frank made a really good comparison saying they're very much like, they come from, like, my so-called life. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the boys are very shoddily written and come off a lot like they're from Weird Science. And I feel like this embodied <laughs> it. I heard that. That was in the, um, the episode I listened to. And as, soon yeah. as you said, the bit about being from Weird Science,
2: like, oh, yeah. I can see all these kids playing with, like, Nickelodeon gack <laughs> and, like, making shocked faces as the camera pans around. Like a Weird Science episode. <laughs> and... I get that vibe a lot from this because I get the same feeling. Like a lot of female characters are like working things out with each other. Like they learn and grow from each from things that immediately happen. Like the first thing they do is go to a friend, talk about that friend, and that friend gives them the perspective that carries them into the next scene and the next scene and so on. Uh, and these dudes just fall out of a tree and <laughs> make asses of themselves.
0: You've just summed up every Degrazi episode. Congratulations, right? <laughs> I did it. I watched the whole show. I'm an expert now.
1: <laughs> now you don't get to do character ranking.
0: Right, you just pop. <laughs> <call it myself. laughs>
1: Speaking of which, do, is there a certain season I hit where I evolve into an expert, or am I just always the perpetual neophyte?
0: We'll discuss that at a later point because you do pose a good point and I feel like there is there might be a a moment, but I feel like I shouldn't tell you.
2: You have to like mind waste yourself between seasons and just start
1: completely fresh every
2: time.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you never know what's going on.
1: But I keep doing it a bit like <laughs> I keep doing it a bit more shoddily, like each yeah. uh, each each time. So it's just like what is this thing? Is it a computer? Who are you?
3: Why am <laughs> <laughs> I in your house?
2: These <laughs> A fragments of memory keep flashing back to me. Some scenes of JT and some buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've
2: been here before. <laughs> oh
1: no, I remember spinner
0: farting! <laughs> <laughs> but, so so after this point Spinner's re- not in this episode I <laughs> No, no there's a lot of like characters that I would have loved to see. Ellie's not in it. Marco's like really why am I here? Anyway <laughs> But, um, you know, okay, the plot should have ended. The plot should have been dead. Okay, fine. But we then get them sitting on the curb, and, like... They're holding like...
1: endless chips.
0: Yeah, 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 like, like, C- Craig is holding literally, like, so many chips. They're, like, flowing from his arms. He has to, like, keep it under his chin to make sure that they stay still. Like, it's ridiculous. Anyway, so, like, I- I'm confused, once again, with timelines watching, set- watching this part of the episode. Um, and... He de- Craig is like watching like Joey look like I don't even know like he's going to pick him up or something. I don't know. Once again, it's unclear to me and Craig decides to like run up to him and do this really weird metaphor using chips, saying that, like, you could have- got his spicy bit. Yeah, like, he's like, you know, like, having a bachelor party without a sex worker is, like, plain chips, but if you really want to spice it up and keep things exciting, you get a sex worker. And it's like, if I, like, like, I understand Joey has only recently acquired Craig as a child, but, like, if my child talked about sex work in such a way, I would just be like- we are having a very long talk and you are going to read literature and you're going to write me an essay about how you're wrong. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's,
3: it's,
2: it's, it's baffling to me that Joey just kind of like takes it. It just kind of like brushes on I'm like, Yeah, you know, okay. Especially because he's the one who'd know earlier, but then it's implied later that he's the one who does anyway.
0: It's so yeah. weird.
1: Wait, he says I like, can't, I think this is a great idea. I'm going to embarrass the hell out, Archie.
0: Yeah, which is also, like, super degrading and shitty. And I'm not surprised... Okay, I don't like this character. I've talked about it on the show before, my feelings toward this character. But, like, also, it's just, like, it's just so gross to me. That it's, like, oh, I'm going to go against my friend's wishes for a laugh. But as opposed to just, like, I don't know, doing something that's just mild. Or, like, I'm going to... I don't even know what... I can't, th- I hate pranks, so I can't think of, like, a mild prank.
3: You know, well, you have know,
2: been a, a great mild prank getting the wrong kind of chips. Yeah. That, like, like overstepped the one, like, probably pretty vital boundary that's been set for this party. Who's was presumably a good friend of yours.
1: Yeah. My, my art teacher had a very simple three-step rule to determine a good prank. One, everybody can laugh at it. Two, nobody gets hurt, and three, it's very simple to clean up. So, like, mm-hmm. we yeah. we um, wrapped a science teacher's car in cellophane. That was a bit of a pain to clean up, but then he eventually got us back by putting packing peanuts in each of our lockers at different times of the year.
0: Oh, that's really good.
1: I got hit at the last day.
0: i was <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> like, I'm
1: home free. Open my locker. There we go.
0: That's really good. It took
1: five minutes to that's clean it. up. Final, final. And I, I walked home with, like, two garbage bags full of packing peanuts, because I wasn't going to waste that.
0: That's great, actually. Uh, that's, that's ammo. That's I nice love one. that.
1: But yeah, so, like, that's a good prank. Yeah. But using a person... Yeah. ...as a prank is terrible. And I, I said before, like, when Donnie and I had to drive somewhere before we started recording this episode... I
0: left my debit card at the Quaker Steak-In loop.
1: I didn't... I wasn't going to say <laughs> oh, anything. come on. But
0: anyway,
1: yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> And, like, Donnie was like, I hate this episode. I was like, I thought it was pretty okay. And I now realize what I liked was, like, the bits and pieces of it. Yeah. The whole of it, now that we're talking about it, is pretty garbage. Yeah. But, like, now arrives my favorite moment in all of Degrassi. (laughs) I'm sorry, do we have more to say about this before I start talking about my favorite moment? Well,
0: no, it just really, really reinforces this theme that's going to be throughout this episode, which is that sex workers have no right to autonomy. Yeah. And it's just so terrible and it really upset me and that's all I got it's, it's
3: so weird and
2: the episode like finds ways to make it even weirder after the like way past the bad jokes expiration point like this kind of like shitty arc kind of like finishes itself wraps itself up kind of as uh, uh, well. it's not neat but I guess as neat as it can be, uh, but then they find a way to kind of like get a little more out of this bad bit later on to just kind of, it just and it doesn't make anything better. It just makes it almost even more uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's yeah,
1: it's yucky.
0: It's real yeah. yucky.
1: Yeah. Um, so we'll hit those points later. But this is now yeah. my favorite Degrassi moment, past or possibly future. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Joey's like, Angie, come on, let's go. And Angie comes around the corner and triumphantly holds up a bear and something else in her other hand. And she goes,
0: I'm going to grandma's!
1: And it is literally heart-meltingly <laughs> cute.
0: It's so cute. She's such a cute kid.
1: <laughs> like, it's adorable. I rewound and watched that, episode, that part of the episode like five times. I was like, oh my god, it just keeps getting cuter.
0: <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah, no, it was like... like I've never seen more like...
2: Hyped for Grandma's
1: house! Like I'm ready to go. I like, got all my gear.
2: It's
0: gonna be a great time. And like, hey buddy, I I loved my grandma. Going over to her house was a treat. Honestly,
1: one of my one of my favorite quotes of my grandfather was, "I can't eat all these Oreos by myself." Here, out of sleeve. Back Love when it. Oreos came in sleeves, and then after I down all that, he's like, okay, you can go home now. <laughs>
2: my garbage disposal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to throw these areas away. Oh <laughs> like, my
1: my grandparents' house is also the first house where I realized the um, lie of the butter cookie.
0: Just sewing, the sewing supply yeah. of butter cookie? Yep. yep. Uh, yeah. I have one of those. My grandma's place was
2: also the one that had uh, the Super Nintendo, so I just beat my head against the impossibly hard <laughs> Toy Story game for like four <laughs> hours, eating Free or is until mom came
1: to get
0: me. That's <laughs> such a mood. I love it. Um.
1: <laughs> so. Oh God. Um. I we cu- we cut that. was next? We well, cu-
0: meanwhile, Emma. Well, Spike. So Spike's a hairstylist. We know this. Spike is trying <clears> to give <throat> Emma a perm, and then says like, "Hey, oh, I'm gonna go take a shower." But actually, it's then dramatically revealed she's going to take a pregnancy test, which, you know, if, if you watched enough, like, teen, or dramas in general, you kind of knew this is where it was heading.
1: It's either a woman vomits, or, like, she... Um, Ominously
0: co- holds a pharmacy bag.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah. one of the two. <laughs> this ominous CVS bag. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: it took, it took me a second to figure out exactly what it was because I wasn't used to seeing the ones okay. that are that kind of like flatter, like square shape. I'm used to the ones yeah. like come, uh, pens, you know.
0: Those are like the uh, dropper uh, ones, right? Like you take like a drop droplet of it and you drop it onto the like, and it reacts. I think is how they work. Like yeah, I it, it was like, it took me a second to be like, oh, okay, that's what that is
2: because even uh, it, it's not very subtle. And I confused myself so for a second, like, wait a minute, I thought it was supposed to be like a pregnancy test, and then I'm like, oh, it is. I'm just an idiot, don't know what that looks
0: like. Well, here's the thing: I feel like the only reason why I know that style is because of like Lifetime movies, which are always filmed in Canada, which makes me wonder if that's just a test that is more commonly available in Canada, at least during the time period that I was watching a lot of Lifetime movies. Oh man, uh, you
2: know maybe that's like the Safeway brand,
0: just throwing
1: yeah. up in Quebec. Just throwing this out there. If you like Lifetime movies, watch one called My Stepdaughter. It's bonkers of a capital B, and it is awesome.
0: Yes! Can we find a way to connect I it back the- to DeGarassi?
1: I, I did it for Teen Girl Talk, but I do it again.
0: <laughs> oh my god. But, um, <laughs> so you like. People
1: hate it, Donnie.
0: Oh, great. I'm really glad. <laughs> I'm so like, glad.
1: <laughs> I love watching uh, Lifetime
2: movies around the uh, holiday season because it feels like they make a new Christmas movie every month. Mm-hmm. There's. Hundreds, if not thousands, of Lifetime movies
1: about Christmas.
2: It's in so some, true, like obscure way. <laughs> uh,
1: it's great. Uh, um. So then,
0: <laughs> meanwhile, the cake.
1: The cake arrives. Oh my god! yeah. And they made another joke about how the person dropping off doesn't speak English. Yeah, because the glossy writers uh, are no, racist. That's like
2: that's a that's a reoccurring bit. Oh yes. yeah.
1: Like, oh, this is the delivery lady. Okay. Is it an um, is it an adult person of color? Are they a teacher? No, then they don't speak English. Yeah. Oh no. Gang. Or come on. Or they are heavily accented.
0: Yeah. So so they deliver the cake is delivered. Emma takes a look at it, and it's actually a bat mitzvah cake.
1: I actually really like this bit.
0: <laughs> which is like you know kind of funny. <laughs> oh,
1: I see. I see. That's
2: a pretty good cake too. Like oh yeah, that's big. Sweet the star of David. It's this, like very vibrant blue color, and that's like a pretty well made cake. Yeah, I can appreciate. I can appreciate the efficiency of a cake that has slices on the outside. So You just gotta cut off the edge of one of those star tip points, and you are good to go.
0: That's pretty true. Yeah. Like I don't know. That's pretty handy. I like
1: I. For me, like I would just be like. I guess I'm so used to just things not being perfect in my life that I'd be like, man, let's roll with it.
0: Well, that, this would be a
1: fun story for later.
0: Well, that's what ended up happening in my family. Like, um, my family, my... So there's, like, my mom and her siblings got their mom, my grandmother, a cake, right? Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, let's go to the bakery, let's get a really nice cake, because it was, like, a milestone birthday of some kind. And they didn't check what the cake said. But when they opened up the box to show her, it said, like, happy birthday, Estelle. And, like, my my grandmother's name is Dolores. Like, not even close. <laughs> so, since then, like, my mom and her siblings would call her Estelle. Like, just, like, as a joke. And it was, like, a really endearing moment. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, a pretty cute family memory. Um, Which like also this kind of speaks to Emma's control freak nature because she sees this as like a huge affront. Like, oh no, like this oh, is not the right cage.
3: She, she goes berserk. It's yeah. the end of the world.
2: Uh, she that goes- reminds me I should have checked. I should have checked to see it at the end of the episode when uh, if they actually eat that cake <laughs> or if they get a proper cake or just
1: don't have one at all. Honestly, you I. Look. I think they probably just rolled with it after everything that went down.
0: Yeah, especially because they did their ceremony in plain clothes. Like uh, I feel like it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah,
2: I think she says there are more important things happening in that moment too, and that yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah. So um, yeah, this leads to Snake, excuse me, Spike and Emma. Having a conversation where Spike reveals she's pregnant. Because
0: Emma, Emma like barges in and is like, look at this cake. It is wrong. And like Spike is like holding a pr- positive pregnancy test. and She's just like, uh.
1: <laughs> I have bigger fish to fry.
0: Like Emma, it's still a cake.
1: Like- <laughs> and Emma's like, I told you we're having chicken at the dinner. Why are you frying fish? <laughs> oh, wait, no. Emma wouldn't want chicken at the thing. Never mind. Whatever. Sorry. Whatever. Joke we know it. Yeah. No, no, it's, okay. it's
0: okay. Let's keep moving. But um, yeah. So so like Spike reveals that she's pregnant. Oh my god. Um, and like immediately, like pretty much like instantaneously. Next scene, Manny is coming over to Emma's place. Emma's like already told Manny what's going on.
1: Emma is standing outside, sadly plucking a flower. Yeah. With still with the stuff in her hair.
0: Yeah, which is very important.
1: Um, mm-hmm. and, like, Manny is just like, so, how you doing, champ?
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, and, like, Emma's like, "Oh," and then Manny's like, oh, BT-dubs, I kind of invited Sean to the wedding. <laughs>
1: not to add more on- yeah,
2: kind of drops a bomb on her, just right there. Yeah. She's thinking about her cake and this, her pregnant mom, and not about her hair. And it's a lot of distractions.
0: Yeah, and, like, in the process of all of this, like, Emma shrieks when she's, like, because, like, her hair smells. Like, Manny is like, oh, like, what is that smell? And Emma freaking, like, like, you know, screams, rightfully so, because now her hair is over-processed, it's super-duper curly, And because it's chemically treated, like, Spike straight up says, like, look, I can't fix it. Like, if I do, your hair's gonna fall out.
1: We, um, like, I forget which of our many guests commented on Emma's constantly crimped hair. But I just feel like they feel, like, even more horrified at what happened. Though I have to imagine the person who got to design, like, the hairdresser or whatever for the show must be like, this is gonna be fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's oh, just, yeah. just it,
3: watch this perm as
2: badly as possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just I like I could tell. I think it was
2: a wig because I think I saw her like
0: it moves like a wig.
2: A where she's yeah, she like is trying to like uh, like play with her hair like oh no my my badly permed hair and I think she kind of like picks the wig up a little bit.
3: Yeah, I, I saw that too. Yeah,
1: only, I can't imagine. I'm like, I see I can't imagine any law would allow them to do that to a child.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this poor kid. It also just looked really heavy. And I feel like it, it like, her hair just would not be that heavy yeah. with how it was done. Like, I mean, whatever. Okay, fine. Whatever. I'm glad that, you know, it, I'm kind of glad that it was most likely a wig. At least looking at it. So, her hair is, like, super fucked. And... Spike is just like, you know, I'm sorry, and and you know, she feels bad. And there's a bunch of conversations that should happen, but they're not quite happening because right when all this stuff is going down, um more Degrassi alum come in, Wait, who are Caitlin and Lucy. Um Connie. What? Connie. Connie? I
1: thought one of them was named Connie.
0: Caitlin and Lucy. Oh. Um well, that clears
1: some stuff up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and they are promptly like, "Oh, like we're gonna do a party, and it's gonna be super great." And, <laughs> and
1: Spike's like, "Yeah."
0: Yeah, and it's just like the super. Parties. Yeah, like it's a mess because it's like Emma's hair is shit. She doesn't want Sean at the party. <laughs> Manny. Manny, like, invited him anyway and now has to try and clean up this mess. Spike is pregnant. Like, it's just, like, it is, like, we're hardly, like, we're not even in the halfway point of this shit and everything is a mess.
1: Oh, okay, God, so this stuff going to be three hours long again.
0: <laughs> Let's keep going. We got to keep going. Okay. Um. Anyway, so that happens. And then we pan to Sean and Tracker. Um. And this is actually probably the most tender we've seen Tracker. Um. He's usually kind of... Snotty, for lack of better terms.
1: He's standoffish. Yeah,
0: like, he's standoffish. Rude. Yeah, he's he's just he. He's he, a dude. Yeah, he's a guy. Um, he's and
2: seems like he's one of those like uh those like greaser guys. He's like, yeah, I'm tough and I gotta make sure everybody knows because it's yeah. like a rep thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like, but he's still being very sweet. And he's talking about how like, hey, like you want to like travel this weekend? We can like you know go on the bike, etc., etc and Sean reveals that actually he was invited to um to the wedding and he's like oh like as in like you know Emma's mom's wedding um and he's actually like super supportive about the whole thing and right when we're having a tender moment between brothers Manny literally trips in yeah. this is like the 14th time Manny has tripped in this damn show <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right she like falls through the gate all around the corner
0: like it's... beefs it and this is not the first time that she has like beefed it for plot like she has literally like twisted her ankle for the sake of the plot
1: yeah i did oh my appre- God. i did appreciate that like when you're like so dead set on something you forget about your surroundings and just just beef it.
0: Yeah, and, like, so she does. She's alive. She hasn't twisted her ankle again, which I was ready for, honestly.
1: Because <laughs> the next twisted ankle might be her life.
0: Yeah, right? Like, I'm just wa- waiting. Um, And then she says that we that she and Sean have to talk, and Tracker's actually kind of sweet, because he's like, oh, like, let me leave you guys alone. Um.
2: Yeah, I'll give you a space. You guys do your thing, and I'll be inside.
0: Yeah, and, like, so Manny just retracts the invite. Sean... Doesn't want to talk about it, but, you know, it's just like, okay, fine. Like, all right. Yeah. Like, he, he takes it very season one-esque. He just kind of is like, okay, like, you know, if this is what it has to be, this is what it has to be. Um, And Tracker is very understanding of it as well, because, like, instead of him just being super blustery and rude, which I think I would have expected him to be, he's just kind of like, you know, the offer still stands. If you want to leave this weekend and travel with me, like, that's fine. Like, we can do that. And yeah. it, it was sweet.
1: Yeah, no, I... That,
0: yeah. Like, I really liked it.
1: Tracker tries his best sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it made me feel that this might be... It's not perfect, but this is probably the best situation Sean can be in, in terms of who's looking after him. Yeah. It this, was really this good. This
2: scene is the one that made me, like, feel like, like oh, this kid's, like, an okay sport. Because, like, you can tell like, he's clearly disappointed, but he's not, like, raising his voice. He's not... Like, think he's you know he's, he's hurt but, but he's trying to you know keep it cool and respect the wishes of Manny and Emma and the people who invited him, not invited him and it it bums me out to know that this is not a consistent thing for him
0: oh, no I uh, agree wholeheartedly I feel the same way
2: so like that, yeah like again this is the one where I was like oh cool like this 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 kid's an okay guy
0: yeah uh, <sighs> yeah but then we jump and then snake reveals that he is moving in because his lease is running out in a week what the fuck is wrong with this man how can he how can he yeah. work on lesson plans and deal with this shit i don't understand it's, I mean, oh my I god Gwen just mouth like, okay like, Gwen is always hiding while we're as we know gwyn is like the the official gremlin of the show and Gwyn is, like, laying on the futon near where we record, and Gwyn just mouthed at me that Snake doesn't do lesson plans, and I think that's the <laughs> truth.
2: Yeah, that's pro- that's honestly fair. He looks at the curriculum list, like, once a month to be like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be here? Okay, uh, and he just, like, does it from there. <laughs>
0: but, like, he's like, yeah, like, he's, like, moving shit in, and he's like, oh yeah, I gotta start moving stuff in here because my lease is running out, and I'm like, excuse me?
3: Oh yeah, this is where
2: he shows off his badass cobra statue too.
0: Yeah, like but he, he, just
2: adds, he just gives it to the character. He's like, "Oh yeah, check it out." The kids gave it to me, and it's this hardcore like cobra paperweight, It's like coiled up with his head out in the hood. It's like, it's neat. I like it. I appreciate it. <laughs> that was- and that's what made me like, okay, that one's snake, and the other one is like,
0: I get it. <laughs> um, and like as this is happening, Spike's like, "Oh, like." We, you know, we, we should talk. And in the process of this, like, you know, Spike's trying to pull him out of conversation. But in the process of this, she's trying to do this while there's 20 people in this fucking house, including Snake trying to move in. Um, and Lucy, for... Because this is just an episode that just... We wanted everyone to move a certain way for the sake of the plot. Lucy is like, oh, like, are you guys thinking about if you want kids? And, you know... Spike is, like, a deer caught in the headlights, rightfully so, given the information that she's just learned, like, T-minus, like, three seconds ago. Um, and Snake is just, like, you know, he, he's giving a response. Spike says, you know, it could happen sooner than you'd think. And Snake is like, well, I sure hope not. Like, I'm moving in, and I'm getting used to being married, and I'm gonna have a stepdaughter, and I got all these things that I have to process. So, like, I'm not quite ready to have kids, which... Is actually a fair answer within the context of like plant family planning. Like you know, it makes sense for him to feel that way. But like, then Spike takes this as like this.
2: Yeah, she she takes it as a hard no when it's yeah. like pretty explicitly not. He's like, yeah, like I would love that, just not right now. Like that's... I've got a lot, and this is this feels like the crux that. This miscommunication nightmare is built on
3: where yeah. he says,
2: "Yeah, I love it, but maybe not right now." And Spike here is forever. I will die before I have a child.
0: But like, <laughs> and it's yeah, so rough. I agree. And like, that's the thing about this whole entire miscommunication between the two of them is like, like it's not a hard no, like you said, or like. I feel like something that could have been a way to address this is, like, you know, I'm not quite sure the age we're supposed to read them as at this point. I don't know how much of this is a direct transfer of, like, when Degrassi, like, the age that they were in the original Degrassi ad, how many years it's been, or if there's a little more time bullshit happening here. But, like, I think there could have been a really valid conversation piece that, could have been seen as a fairly hard no, which is Snake saying, like, you know, I kind of assumed it wouldn't happen, like, you know, I you know, I kind of closed that door already, or something like that. Something that, like, felt more like a no, but at least enough of a no that Spike could have been deterred in the sense that, like, something to go off of, or like, it just, and even then I don't really think that's enough of an excuse, but something that would have felt More of a harder no than, oh, my life's really hectic right now. I don't want to throw a kid into the mix.
2: Yeah, it's it's far from definitive. And I don't know. It confused me why she won that for the entirety of this episode and the next
0: one. Yeah, it didn't feel like enough of a moment. And I understand, like, you know, and I'm sure... Somebody could easily rationalize away a lot of the characterization issues in this episode as, well, they were preparing for a wedding and they were stressed. Great. Like, you, of the three of us, you're the only one who's married. Were you acting like a very different person leading up to the wedding? Because <laughs> I feel like you weren't in the conversations I had to oh, prior. Dude.
3: listen,
2: the planning phases of the wedding was just Alex and me being like, both collectively being like man, we don't want to do this shit. It's annoying. (laughs) Let's let's wait as long as possible, and kind of, let's do like one single month, but always at the end of the month. And it's, it's, and uh, it was a lot easier, I mean, I guess because we actually just talked to each other, which is what also frustrated me about this episode, because you kind of told me going into it, too, like, oh, like, oops, we gave the episode about how stressful getting married can be to the married couple we know, and every single problem they have in this entire episode could have been solved in 20 minutes. If they were just like, hey, like, I know that we're busy right now, but like, can I, like, take upstairs and, like, chat for a sec? Um, maybe we could we do it afterwards, whatever. Just, like, before you go, big neat news, let's hash it out. And there would have been no problem. If people could have shown up to the wedding on time. You wouldn't have had to get married in an Indy 500 t-shirt. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> it could have been so much
0: well, that's that's the thing. It's, like, while watching this episode, Frank and I, like, before the show, we talked a little bit about this, and, like, while watching this episode, I, from this point forward in particular, I was incredibly depressed. Like, it made me depressed as somebody who's engaged because it made me think about, like, how people p- think of... It felt like what straight people think marriage is. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, it, it's it's, like...
2: Planning a wedding in any capacity, like ours, was very small. And the few planning bits we had to do were really kind of like stressful and annoying. But not because of it's like emotionally taxing or anything. It's just a lot of like details that you don't really kind of think about until you have to. Mm-hmm. It's like you 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 miss them until you realize that they're and then you're like, oh wait, I forgot about this X piece. It's stressful enough to handle out even if everything else is perfect. So I can't fathom why they're spent. They're making everything worse for themselves by not talking about these key things when everything else going on is presumably also extremely busy and time-consuming. Especially because this dude's lease is running out in a week, and he's this bumblefuck who can't <laughs> figure out how to do anything properly. And
0: it's just, it, yeah, I can't figure out why they don't just chat. It would take no time at all. Yeah. It, uh, you can go, Frank.
1: I'm sorry. I looked it up. Um, Spike is 28.
0: Okay, it's so, so yeah, so, he's, so they're our age, oh so that means God. Snake is presumably that age as well. I can't remember if they're in the same grade or not. So I guess, like, the I figured it was too late, really, to have kids thing would be a li- not the best, but at least give me something. Mm. Like, I don't know. It just, it felt like all those bad stereotypes that, like heterosexual comedy in particular portrays marriage as
1: the one i really hate is the oh we're getting married in like three months time for you to meet my my fiance and it's just like what like yeah i,
2: I, I fucking hate the uh the, like oh you're getting married by to freedom and fun Ball and chain, am I right? Yeah. Like, There's still the a really tasteful ball and chain motif in this episode. Yeah. It sucks ass. So,
0: yeah, so, like, let's get to... We'll get to that. Because, like, what ends up happening is, is, like, after this pint, Spike is really upset. We cut to Joey hosting the house party. It's a house party. There are boys, men, drinking out of, like, red Solo cups. I did enjoy... Oh,
1: my God. It...
2: <laughs> I, could, I was so fucking confused because there was, like, a joke earlier on when they were doing the shitty sex worker bit where they're like oh there's not gonna be a sex worker we're gonna go bowling and they're like oh that sounds boring and then they're in this house talking about going bowling and i'm like are they bowling in their living room (laughs) do bowling alleys in canada just look very homely like
1: i'm (laughs) missing a major of the puzzle here (laughs) um i do enjoy did enjoy casual principal radish in this episode
0: oh yeah so like that's like (laughs) oh my god Oh, I have another opinion about that, and which he, is a <laughs> more depressing one, which is how sad is your life that you have to invite your boss to your bachelor party?
1: Well, I mean we've seen Sorry. We seen well, I mean like they did it on Brooklyn 99, so
0: I yeah, but that's not the relationship between a principal and a teacher.
1: <laughs> okay, I don't know what the principal, but I just love like he's just like how are you enjoying the party, Mr. Miss- Mr. Rad- principal Radish is like, call me Dan tonight. He's like, okay, Dan.
0: Yeah. well. call you Dan tomorrow at work? <laughs> right. I don't know. I was on first name basis with my principal. Um, but anyway, so JT and Toby knock on the door. Craig opens it because Craig's at this bad house party also. Um, he And they're like in, I guess they're supposed to the look uses. like they from. Are they supposed to look like they're from Miami Vice? I guess. Um, I guess.
2: Yeah, they're, they're trying to do like a police stakeout slash like Mission Impossible thing. Yeah. They've got, they've got this like very bad face painting. And oh
1: yeah.
2: Like these black get-ups.
0: Well, that's like their idiots. second outfit. The first outfit, this is their trying to get into the bachelor party outfit, which is the oh, blazer yeah, with the right. t-shirts and the gla- sunglasses. Am
1: I? That's right forgot. They do this, like, Grand Theft Auto Vice City look. <laughs> am, am I an asshole for thinking that was kind of endearing? Like, seeing these two idiot boys, like, playing dress-up? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of cute, because, like, the suits are a little too big,
3: and yeah. they
2: look like
1: clowns.
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's,
2: it's, it's It's charming if you're the context of why they're there which also doesn't make sense because as far as they know now it is not
3: happening
0: they do know it's happening happening. well here's the thing they do know it's happening because they were sitting on the curb three feet away from joey and craig talking about it which is where this gets really odd to me because joey goes to the door and is like who the fuck are you like get out he was literally, like, two feet away from them. I don't understand why this is so mysterious.
1: Oh, a quick question. That's right, yeah. How hard did Ashley laugh when she saw Toby leave the house dressed like that? Oh,
0: my God. And she's oh.
1: like, as he's walking out the door, she just calls out him. you
0: can't ever make fun of what
3: I wear again!
0: Right? Please. But... Yeah, like, so, like, Joey sees them and is like, you're not gonna see, you're not seeing a sex worker tonight, neither is Craig, he's going up to his room when she arrives. So, like, we are established that it appears that they are thwarted, and then we cut to the Bachelorette party, which is a sad mariachi band playing at the women like martini bar. yeah, also like it's an incredibly also also really depressing to me that like she has two friends to, that she's want like okay,
1: well well, it's budget no,
0: but like, I feel like this episode unintentionally portrayed weddings and marriage as a very sad thing.
1: What's guys yeah, face? Face? nobody is real nobody except Paige. And Ellie are living their best lives in Degrassi.
0: I know, but, like, this is also one of those big-picture things to me that it's, like, weddings are... Like, being married through, like, a heteronormative lens is very rarely portrayed as a positive thing, but more of a means to the to an end.
3: Yeah, it's
2: it's, it's a bummer. It feels like, in you know, a lot of these shows, yeah, it's, like, a means to an end, or it's kind of, like, thrown together as, like, the big plot. Thing for this season, usually like a finale, like oh, like these two characters, we've kind of played it up, and now they're gonna get married, I and mean, the these episodes are never fun, are never yeah. joyous until maybe like the last like two minutes, because yeah. the entire rest of it is this like stress tornado. And yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, I've only had one, <laughs> but it wasn't that bad.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, so like. You know, the vibe is really sad, and Lucy tries to, like, make the situation better by offering, like, <laughs> offering a shot to Spike, who is not drinking, and then, like, she re- she rejects it, so, you know, next logical jump. Oh, you're pregnant. Um,
2: <laughs> Encyclopedia Brown jump. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
2: sniped it.
0: Oh, yeah, and then one of them i forgot to write down who says it but like in response to spike saying that she's pregnant i think it's lucy it might be lucy says at least this time you have somebody who loves you yeah that felt
1: really hard what the fuck hey (laughs) ashley is that your mom Oh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: because ashley once said to terry who's also not in this episode you'll understand one day when somebody loves you
0: <laughs> yeah but like what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> i was like what so you're like if my friend said that to me after my friend saw me do a really good job raising a kid on my own mm-hmm. i would fucking beat them up
1: you're not coming to that wedding <laughs> yeah like there's
0: about to be only two people at this table. Yeah! <laughs> Take this third one out of here. Like, I, like, I would tear them apart.
1: I, I, like, I have a friend who can stare at somebody so hard that, like, they'll give you pneumonia. Like, that's how hard that stare is. And I feel like Spike would just, like, do that to that person.
0: Well, that was the thing. It's like, and I understand she wasn't at the top of her game because of obvious reasons but if they were going for her to be like kind of all over the place emotionally and prone to outburst i feel like that that would have been an outburst to have of like just going off on her like i just found it so the other thing is like okay if we're operating under the assumption that they're 28 they're not super young and i just feel like at 28, I want to believe people would know better than to say something so shitty, especially if they've been friends with the person and was friends with yeah. them during that ordeal and how much it hurt them and how much stronger these, they are.
2: These characters have been friends since, like, school, right? Yeah. They're all, like, season one characters. Yeah, since, so like, junior like high. they have known each other for, like, a, like, almost 20 years at this point. Like, like at minimum, like, 10, 15 so it's like, yeah, you've, you've been through, like, the weeds with this friend. You know everything about them and their deal. Because you're, like, here, they, you're, you're one of two
1: at my, like, bachelorette party before my presumably biggest day. It was three.
2: Um, <laughs> us, yeah. But then, like, the next thing that uh, Spike says is, and this blew me away, uh, that she's thinking of canceling the wedding altogether when I haven't even talked to Spike about it yet. And for me, this was that one thing. It's like, you're so good at communicating with your daughter and like your close friends. But the thought of talking to him about this big problem is so daunting that you would rather just can the whole thing. It, it seems a little
1: extreme. Well, that's, it's, it's yet another trope of like people in a relationships don't talk to each other about big things. Like, Wouldn't you already know snakes? Like, if you're getting married to somebody, wouldn't you already know their position on kids?
0: Well, that's the thing that always confuses me with... But, like, I guess the other thing is this also confuses me about people. Like, we... Because, like, we're saying this as if, like, only fictional characters have this level of miscommunication. But, like, if you actually talk to people about this type of stuff, you begin to find out that People in general don't talk as much as you would expect them to when it comes to relationships. Like, like not to like brag about my relationship, um, but like Gwyn and I, if something ticks us off, like we're gonna say it. Like we, like we call each other out on our shit. And I know Gray, you and Alex have a similar dynamic in that sense, where it's like if something is wrong, you're going to say it and you're going to try and yeah. come to a conclusion.
2: Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like if your relationship is so good that you're getting married, and obviously not all are like this, mm. but, but you're supposed to infer that they're like this is solid. See. Uh, if it's so solid and healthy, that you're going to get married. You probably at least have like a baseline, like guidebook of how to address something with your partner when there's a problem. You kind—it's of, not like you've never done it before. You've got like a playbook for like, okay, I gotta like. I gotta let them know like this, I I gotta figure out, I know what time to do it at, tell them this, like, big problem so that we can, like, be constructive about it and figure it out and have, you know, find the solution that works for the both of us in the best way possible. And she's like, no, I'd rather cancel the wedding.
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) It's, just...
1: It's funny, because, like, my parents did that a lot, where they'd be like, okay, you gotta, like... Get the exact right, like, circumstances to have a serious talk with somebody. Mm-hmm. But like, Yeah, they... it's, like, it's
3: like, don't tell them right where they get home from work.
2: You, like, you know, bring it up when, you know, the, the, the mood is neutral and you figure out, like, to make sure that you're not, like, you, you don't want to catch them off balance. You don't want to surprise someone with something that they're not ready for. If you want to have, like, an actual talk about it, like, they shouldn't know. I feel like again she's so good at communicating with all of her, all the other people in her life. I don't know why this is so daunting of a task that she would rather just throw it on the garbage can instead of try.
0: Yeah, and like I understand being discouraged and stressed and upset, but once again, it it goes back to those tropes that make me so sad when we do plots like this. Like I feel like it's just. Like I understand a, like I understand a lot of writers don't think having conflict resolution is interesting. I I beg to differ as a writer. I like that type of nitty-gritty stuff and maybe I'm just a very specific type of audience, but like I don't think it's the end of the world to portray a romantic relationship that is super communicative, especially when the backbone of a lot of the relationships between women on Degrassi are entirely based on conversation and confrontation and resolution. Like, it just feels really upsetting that the second that a male character is thrown into the mix, suddenly we can't operate under the assumption that people talk about it. Like, oh no, he's still just a man. Yeah. He doesn't know how to talk. You
2: can't do a a wedding episode without the threat that it won't happen. (laughs) It's just TV.
0: Like... I don't know. Like, it's so annoying. You could, I feel like you could run a plot just based on, look, they have love for each other, but like, you know, some snafus happened. Like, Emma's hair gets fucked. The cake is wrong. I don't even know. Like, the the chute is in the dry cleaner and can't, like, it's closed. Like, you could build it off of the, it's raining. Like, you can build it off of those types of circumstances without it being this really dark because it's like, not only is in that, same breath Spike is like, oh, yeah, I might cancel the wedding. Also, I could have an abortion. Like, within <laughs> the same... Like, we're not even unpacking the second part where it's just, like, you know, this, like, basically, like, a sentence and a half where she's like, I could cancel the wedding and I can have an abortion. And I understand...
2: Yeah, it's I, extremely fast.
0: Yeah, and, like, I don't know. It's... It's... And, like, I understand... I don't know. I'm just... It just was very. Once again, it's a plot of convenience. It's not really a reflection on I think Spike as a character so much as they want to do a wedding plot. They wanted to do this whole entire thing about, um, you know, having a kid and it's unplanned. But we don't want it to happen to a kid yet. Like we don't want to do a teen pregnancy plot. We're gonna do an adult pregnancy plot. But it it then gets like caught in this muck and mire that it. Turned Spike into a version of herself that was not the one that I I have grown to love.
1: This is a fan fiction episode.
0: Yeah, it's very yeah, yeah. and like I hate using yeah, that.
1: What if? Well, yeah. Well, no, because the way I see it is like it's grim dark, like a fan fiction. They took the best Sean for their fan fiction, yeah. which we haven't yeah. seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. They plucked him off the vine.
1: That's why Manny's OOC. Like
0: <laughs> it does read like it. it reads it does operate in the way like a bad fanfic and like I hate using this because I like disclaimer like I write fanfic so like mm-hmm. I, I, I am pro fanfiction I think that it can be really really good but there also are those types of tropes that you're speaking to Frank which is like when you're reading a particularly bad 25,000 word fic and you're still there because like it's there and it's your ship. <laughs> like
3: It's like one of the six
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly And you're like, one. fuck it, here I am Like, that's what it feels like
1: Oh shit, we forgot to uh, We forgot to We got forgot to write this week's episodes Ah, oh, fuck, ah, oh, fuck Quick, go on fanfiction.net and find, just type in wedding <laughs> Great
0: <laughs> But like
2: pick the, pick the one that's closest to like 3000 words and then we'll
3: tweak the rest
0: <laughs> <There you> go <laughs> But, like, so, like, because, like, then they have this thing, like, I might cancel the wedding. I might have an abortion. Cut to Manny and Emma. They're talking about Sean watching movies, and in the process, Emma's like, oh, yeah, I'm really excited about having a baby sibling. That would be really swell. I did kind of know that. Yeah, yeah, which I think is sweet. Like, I think there is, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an only child. Is anyone here an only child? Gray, are you an only child?
3: I don't actually uh, know. I'm the oldest
2: of... I'm the oldest of three boys.
0: What the fuck? I did not realize you had that many, like, what? I did not realize this about you, and I'm sorry that yeah. I've known you for years <laughs> and didn't actually know your family structure.
2: No, I got, I got two younger brothers, and wow. it was a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. I should have known. You, I should have known. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You do feel... The, f- uh,
2: no, it's alright. This, um, I didn't get the, uh, the same feeling from this scene, because all of my siblings are they're all two years apart
0: so mm-hmm. i was
2: i was like four when the last one was born so i don't remember anything about that process um so it's interesting to see like this character be like oh yeah like i'm excited about this prospect and i know that's kind of like that's pretty common in tv shows where a plot point is potential new sibling coming into the fray They gotta have a character old enough to talk about it because it's you can't have a new kid without it being like related to another one already out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a new brother, or etc. Um, but yeah, it was like a sweet... They're chatting, they're kind of like figuring... It. And that's why that's why like, I'm in this character in these little moments, because you get those mirrors of Spike when she is at her best, you know, communicating with a friend, like, hashing it out, figuring out her game plan, keeping
1: it in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Spike comes home,
0: Oh, man. <laughs> oh my god
1: Spike is upset
0: oh yeah, Emma's hair is covered because I think it's not really established at the time, but like Spike sees her, it sees Emma and is like, okay, take off like the you know, take off the towel, I guess because it looks like she was trying to retreat her hair or something like that and when she <laughs> takes it off her hair is still in the state that it is, and like Spike just, it's like the, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And this part feels pretty real, because, like, I've been here. She just, like, looks at the hair, and she's just like, I ruined everything.
2: Yeah, it's like one last f- problem.
0: Yeah, and, like... And then, like, you know, Emma's trying to reassure Spike. Like, I think Spike leaves. She goes, like, up to her room or something like that.
1: Spike's friends are like, Emma, why don't you stay, and we'll deal with this. like you deal with your hair. And Emma's like, just give me a minute.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: I like how Emma, Emma's just like. I will not. <laughs> Emma is just like, listen, we're all equals here. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm, I'm on the same footing as you, twenty eight year olds. I'm going upstairs.
0: <laughs> I mean, that feels right though, like especially with the way that Spike has treated her. I'm, and you know, I'm sure that you know that totally tracks to me. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that feels that feels on brand.
0: Yeah. So like Emma goes up to like reassure Spike and everything, and then like basically Spike's like, "Oh yeah, I might have an abortion," and then the episode ends. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we... <laughs> let's just.
0: Jump. So because it continues into the second episode, and our
2: pre-credit scene is yeah she just does this like weird like pro-life rant.
0: Yeah, and like I. I have very complicated feelings toward this because I feel like Emma in so many ways is portrayed as kind of that liberal kid. T M.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it felt like for like my brief my brief meeting with Emma.
0: Yeah, and like it does bring up an interesting <sighs> point. And I understand that Emma has a complex about this because like she's brought this up, I think in the first episode, ever brought this up to a certain extent. The whole idea of like the fact that Spike had her so young and like, you know, she she has addressed in the past the concern that like, you know, what it like, you know, did Spike regret having her and things like that. So like, it's not uncharted territory, um, but it's also one of these things where it's like, it's still very, it's still hard to watch her go on this pro-life jag basically in which, you know, she's saying like, you know, Well, well, if you, you know, if you had an abortion back when, you know, I was, you know, back when, like I was the fetus in question, like you know, I wouldn't exist, et cetera, et cetera, and like it is a hard conversation piece, right? It is, it is a struggle, and I think that it's a real struggle to have, especially if you, you know, if if like you know, you're reflecting on on your parents' life in this context, and, like, I get it. Okay, I understand. But it's also, like, it, I think it's also, like, a bigger picture thing that I think that a lot of media that handles abortion suffers from, which is, yeah, yeah, like, this idea of this emphasis on mistakes and regret and making the wrong decision and what you could have done and what that fetus could have been and all of the coulda, woulda, shoulda with it. It
2: felt like a, I, I did a little bit of research at because I was thinking about it when this scene was happening. And it seems like the show tackles a lot of those kind of like really tough uh, concepts for younger folk around this like around that time period. And from what I understand is that they do a pretty okay job for the most part on some of them. And this one, it felt like a lot of the phrases were very kind of like, Canned. It's like yes. I think she literally says like what about the baby's choice, which feels like the most like canned response. Like they, like they lifted this entire conversation out from a lesser, and <laughs> just kind of dropped it in here right before the credits roll.
0: No, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah I yeah, agree.
2: It, it, felt, it, it felt disingenuous and off for the tone of the show and how it kind of deals with. It's other, like, heavier topics.
0: I agree. Even in this
2: this very episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly because, like, I feel like this is a personalized issue, but the way that she was talking about it, it was more like what a pro-lifer would say. What should have been her complex toward this topic instead became her being a mouthpiece for what we would assume pro-life people would be.
1: Can we call them what they are? Anti-choice.
0: I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, it is true. Anti-anti-choice <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, um, it kind of
2: felt. It kind of felt like it was each of them. They had their dialogue written as if it was two strangers arguing their points to each other, yeah. yeah. Instead of like a mother and daughter with all this context that we've already kind of built up, even in just these two episodes alone, and yeah, that it felt like kind of like dry and florid. Yeah. This, like, scene. Yeah. It, yeah
1: it remind me a lot of the anti choice screed or conversation in uh breaking dawn.
0: Yes. Yeah, for sure.
1: But oh, Alex recently. Yeah. It's fucking rough, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Call it what it is? A baby.
0: Yeah, like it's <laughs> No, it's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but like so
1: bad. I'm literally dying over here.
0: Yeah, like it's Jesus. But like, it, it, yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly with what both of you are saying, where it just, I think this, once again, I don't think it's a bad question for a child like Emma to ask, but once again, it like, it goes into that canned territory and it makes it way more frustrating to witness than, you know, it's, it's frustrating in the ways that it shouldn't be. You should be like, your heart should be aching in certain ways to me like your heart should be aching at the complication of the situation instead I'm just like I want this to end
1: yeah and then it ends in the worst possible way
0: yeah because like Spike Spike then talks about how she's worried about making the same mistake Yeah. and Emma just shuts down and leaves
1: and I don't know if you heard you were woken up by the sound of glass breaking, but that was my heart.
0: Yeah. And it's like... And then, it's... It, it, was,
3: it was really rough, and then to have it immediately cut to a upbeat theme song, it
2: was a very, like... <laughs>
3: Whatever day! They...
2: Like, break. Yeah, it was a very, like, <laughs> tonal like, emergency break for me. It's like... <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's like... my my emotional car just hit a wall, like straight on. It's like, no, stop! Here's a the theme song. <laughs> they like, need like, really old computer email.
1: Just... <laughs> they, they need like, <laughs> a, hey, this is gonna be a sad episode theme
0: song. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like when they slow everything down a little bit.
1: One every day. <laughs> oh
2: i was gonna say maybe do like a cold <laughs> open for this episode because we left on such a heavy cliffhanger and we opened such a heavy conversation but that wouldn't have worked either because the next scene is more of this like shitty stripper quest
3: it's
0: more <laughs> <idiots lying. are. laughs> Well, like the thing is it's like jt and toby this is where they come in in the out getups that you were talking about gray with like the the grease paint Domino masks yeah. and they're all they're all dressed so, in black, painted
1: on Domino. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I like, said, "Grease paint Domino masks." Not even an actual masks one. masks—they're
1: so
3: stupid. Yeah.
0: They are. I don't even, I
1: don't even do a good job. It
0: no.
3: looks like
1: they like
2: they touched the nearest kid's like bike chain in the dark and missed.
1: It's like so bad. Like I can only imagine where they're just like, they're, scared. they're like I don't know. Never mind.
0: It's okay, but, like, so they're they're getting, like, they're, like, camped out across from, like, Joey's house, and they're trying to keep watch for, for, um, for the sex worker to arrive, and this is where JT says that, like, you know, like, I think Toby's a little apprehensive. As apprehensive as he can be, he's like, oh, you know, aren't we, like, spying? Isn't that not a good idea? And JT straight up says, like, oh, yeah, well, sex workers don't have a right to privacy.
1: Privacy isn't in their vocabulary. (laughs) Yeah. And... and they're hiding in the bushes, you know, like perverts.
0: Yeah. And, and they have, like, they have, like weird
1: gear and everything. They've the, got, like, computers
0: and shit. Yeah, they have, like, a <laughs> webcam that they, like, suction cup to the window. Yeah. That's where they see Radish, and they're like, oh, my God.
1: Why is he here? Why is he wearing that baseball cap? Why is he called Dan?
0: Yeah, like, they're like, ooh. <laughs> and, like it's just like this really like this is where I I got this is where I really like everything I was upset but then this like really made me upset I was like oh it's really good I, I love having like clear cut evidence you don't care about sex workers as people thank you Degrassi writers <laughs>
2: it's it's bad news. This This whole setup was uncomfortable. It blew my mind because I, I missed the scene where they confirmed that they were even hiring someone at all. So when a sex worker actually shows up, I was like, wait a minute, what? I thought that wasn't happening. <laughs> I was so confused. And then it does, and it's just obnoxious, and it, they don't handle it very well. Yeah. And I talked about this a little bit with you, Donnie, before we started, But this is a scene where I also got this like feeling as someone who's like never seen these characters before, that, uh... Toby feels to me like he's kind of, like, a passenger on JT's, like, horny monster truck of destruction, where it feels like he's kind of, like, tagging along and, like, going in with it, because he, (laughs) this is maybe a familiar, as an awkward boy who grew up in the South, where it's, like, you don't have a lot of friends, and maybe one of, like, your best friends is also, like, the school's biggest asshole. So you, you kind of like put all your eggs in a bad basket and you, it's tough to kind of like get beyond it. So it's like, well, this is the friend I do have. So I guess I'm going to go all in on it. But you can tell it kind of makes him uncomfortable. And he's like, I don't I don't like being here. This sucks. Uh, but like, you're all I've got. So I guess I got to go in on it.
3: It's mm-hmm. very
2: weird and very raw in this like way that it's not supposed to at all. Because it's supposed to be a bad joke about sex workers. And I've got like, all right. There's obviously all those, like, buckwild, super, like, nasty connotations. And this weird feeling about these, like, this kid who's just, like, stuck here doing this thing he doesn't want to do. And, ah, I don't know. <laughs> it was a really rough one. This is the roughest the thing for me, too. It's
1: the worst.
0: Yeah. And I think that assessment is spot on. And I think, unfortunately, I feel like that sums up most of the male relationships <laughs> in Degrassi. Where, like, this de- this yeah. phenomena that you're describing... Not only it encapsulates the JT-Toby dynamic, but several other boys and their relationships with each other, like, they truly feel like they are trapped together in in high school or junior high together. The girls, I can actually buy, would be friends after graduation. The boys... That's what it feels like. yeah, Yeah. Like, the boys have no sincerity between any of them, basically, except for, like, one or two, like, I know this isn't necessarily relevant to you, Gray, but, like, I would believe that, like, Sean and Craig would be friends.
1: And Jimmy and Spinner.
0: Jimmy and Spinner... <laughs> they're getting there. They're getting but... there, that's true. But, like, overall, when the boys talk to each other, it's talking at each other, and it's, like, entirely because they just happen to be in the same room. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: it, it feels like they are friends of convenience. Yes. Uh, if, if there were, like, any other options, then they could just not know each other at all. yeah Yeah, it's just simply because it's simply because you're nearby and you tolerate me enough to yeah like nasty
0: antics. and like is are there relationships like that in high school absolutely it's just very depressing where it's like we we you know it's very depressing when the writers seem to entirely have no interest in portraying male intimacy as like a thing like
2: yeah like i would not be shocked if you told me it was it was the brunt of a joke in future or past episodes
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like, so, like, this whole entire thing is happening. Manny is, meanwhile, Manny's trying to reassure Emma and is trying to be like, look, like, I know this sucks right now, but you gotta promise me you're not gonna tell Snake. Like, that's not your conversation to have. Emma promises, no, she's not going to do this. She's not going to interfere. Um, (laughs) meanwhile, um, the... Sex Worker Fancy, who is the person that, um, that Craig, JT, and Toby tried to get a hold of at her establishment, initially, appears. Um, and, like, Joey's, like, super gross and, like, the party's getting started. And, like, Craig opens up the door, um, and is literally licking his lips at her. Which is, like, I've seen boys do this multiple times on this show and it never stops to skeeve me. Like it, it sucks.
2: it's like the cartoon wolf.
0: Yeah, it's so bad. It's so skeevy. It sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, doesn't. So Though it would have been. you know what would completely turn this episode around for me is if snakes is like, oh, who's this? It's like this is fancy. All right, cool. Let's go bowling. But yeah, right. She, but she's here for. <laughs> right. We're going. Bowling and just yeah. like fancy, like just killing all the bowling. <laughs>
0: like, that would have been a great episode, and you know what? That could have been a way to show Snake as a good person. You know what I mean? Like it would have been like Snake is not going to give into the conventional trappings of bachelor parties. No, he's going to be he's going to turn it into something different, and that would have been nice, and and would have taught it would have taught Craig, JT, and Toby a lesson too, right? It's like a hey, don't. You know, don't expect something of someone because their occupation is sex work. Like... Wait, yeah,
2: I was, I was even thinking, like, because I was still at this, like, oh, I thought they were hiring one, so I thought they were going to do, like, a thing where it's like, ha-ha, I thought we hired a sex worker, but it's actually something else.
3: They're, it's are
2: they're, they're a bowling coach, or they're driving us, they're a bus driver that's going to take us down there, and it could be another, like, hey, like, you're my friends, and I... It's like my funny prank, but I like respected you and your decision. And even though I'm maybe yeah, I'm not super excited about it, you know, this is what you want, so I'm going to do this for you. Yeah, uh, but, but it wasn't that
0: no? <laughs> you know, and it
2: was, then it this nasty thing instead.
0: But yeah, and then like to make matters worse, when they pan to Snake during this part of the episode, he has a ball and chain around his neck. Yep.
1: <sighs> it's the butt. <laughs> My friends and I did actually once sit down and, like, discuss my, like, hypothetical bachelor party. Like, I was like, it's just gonna be the three of us and possibly a sex worker sitting on the couch all playing Mario Party.
0: That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just, like... And then, because it's, like, also one of these things where if we also want to start looking at this from the also fucked up angle of Joey going against Snake's wishes, you have Fancy going into, you know... Like, you know, making her way over to him, turning music on with her stiletto heel and everything. Snake has not consented to this. And you're now having your friend engage in this without explicit consent. And you are, like, pranking him by letting him be potentially, like, groped. And, like, gyrated on and stuff. And, like, and kissed without his consent cause and things like that. And, like... That's also really terrible.
2: Yeah, and that presumably does happen because you see him later with, like, li- like cartoon lifts that go over his cheeks.
0: Yeah. It's
2: weird. It, oh, I didn't like it. It's not great.
0: Yeah, and then, like, the lesson for JT and Toby is, like, not, hey, maybe we shouldn't treat sex workers like garbage. It's they, in the process of trying to camp out, fall asleep and miss the whole quote-unquote show.
1: Yeah, their right, stupid it, webcam thing falls off the window.
0: Yeah, like, well, it's because they're both asleep and I think Toby twitches and as he twitches, it pulls the cord that the camera is yeah. attached to. And it's like... I guess, I guess their lesson is...
2: like, they don't... They're not caught and expelled for it. They're not, like, oh, uh, they don't make, like, a vital error. They just fall asleep.
0: It's, yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's bad. And then meanwhile, at the other house, the Nelson residence, Caitlin is telling Spike like, Hey, you should wait. Don't tell Snake until the morning, which by the way, is the morning of their wedding. <laughs> like we're we're kind of getting like so caught up in like the minutiae of this episode. Tomorrow is their wedding. And Caitlyn. Yeah,
2: we were talking about timeline bows earlier and at the end of the last one i had to keep reminding myself like this is all happening on the same day yeah it's two days until the wedding when it started and at the end of this episode it is one day the wedding. it's like
1: yeah this is all happening in less than 24 hours
0: yeah and it's like emma gets up and decides that she's going to take matters into her own hands which you know what is consistent with emma i'm not necessarily mad about this part of the plot because this is emma core to the max Mm-hmm. she gets up she goes outside she walks to joey's and she step literally steps on jt and toby and like wakes them <laughs> up <laughs> and then she just shrieks which rightfully so
3: yeah
1: her internal monologue at seeing them becomes external
0: yeah and like she just like shrieks and then like you know joey is there he's yelling at Toby and JT and Emma is trying to say that she needs to talk to Snake and in the process of all of this happening Emma just gets right to the point um and tells Snake that Spike is pregnant and Snake's reaction is why are you telling me this?
2: Mm -hmm. It gets it gets really really kind of out of nowhere yeah
0: like he snaps and the big thing that he's he's like what kind of family is this which like it it legally it isn't yet yeah (laughs) well it also like it i think this is a lot of me projecting from my own bad family situation but like i it particularly got under my skin because like in my family like that was used as like a real like good like kind of like almost, like, a gaslighting technique of, like, a, well, a family would or wouldn't do this type deal. And, like, so it really hurt me in that sense. Sorry to get really vulnerable on here, but, like, <laughs> when whenever somebody starts saying, well, this is what a family is and this is what a family is not, it really activates, like, a panic <laughs> in me.
2: Oh, yeah, it's, even when they don't explicitly say, like, oh, a family doesn't do this, when they say, like, oh, a family does this, it's there's, like, that subtle implication, like, so that so what you're doing, which is not that, is not what we do.
0: Yeah, and, like, it, it's just, like, he gets really, really upset about the fact that Spike didn't tell him, which, like, I don't necessarily, like, I get it. Like, I understand why he's upset about that, but, like, just his reaction to it is so aggressive toward Emma, and I understand yeah. that he's, like at the end of his rope, probably, but, like, he's also her teacher.
1: He's very, very... Dad, and her bro. stepdad
3: now.
0: And her stepdad, and there's this pow- double power dynamic happening here that just really, really upset me and and hit this, like, very primal fear in me that, like, this whole entire scene was happening, and I was, like... Like, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Well, it's...
2: I have a note here that says, this is a kid's show, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like,
3: this is very...
2: Very very heavy, kind of oh, so out of nowhere. This one felt much rarer than the uh, the weird pro-choice chat at the beginning of the
1: episode.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, very kind of scary. Yeah.
1: Well, it's just like, yeah, like I mean, I don't like any. I, my sister and I have a very strict no yelling policy. Like we were of the opinion that like nothing that needs to be said, needs to be yelled at somebody. You can say everything in an even tone. So, like, to have him react this way and yell at a child, like, it also just... It's not great. No. I do understand, like, a bit of his anger, but I'm just like, you don't need to yell at a child about this.
0: Yeah, it just... And, like, he doesn't seem to have much remorse toward the fact that he yelled at her, either. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He goes zero to a hundred, and I don't think he apologizes to her at no. all during the episode for it. Yeah. No, no. it's just, like, implied later that it's, no, it's, it's gravy. Well, uh, yeah. Like, he, he, like, screams
3: at this kid.
0: Yeah, like, and that's, I think that's a piece of it that also really bothers me, where, like, okay, I have been unintentionally harsh with a kid. Like, and I have... I don't wanna be like, I yelled at a kid, cause like, I, I try not to, but like, you know, I've been snappish at a kid because I was stressed and upset or like I was dealing with something and I was doing two, trying to do two things at once and then this kid wanted to dump a third thing. But as soon as I snap at a kid, I am very apologetic and, and sometimes I even tell them like, I'm sorry, like, you know what? I aimed a lot of anger at you just now and you, it's not like, you are not the problem here. Like, you know, I'm dealing with some things right now and I did not handle that appropriately, and I'm sorry. And that also really, like, I think that's what really upset me here was, like, the fact that Snake snapped, which was very extreme, was hurtful. But the fact that he didn't appear to have any remorse toward it, and, like, didn't seem to process that his frustrations with Spike do not directly transfer to frustrations on Emma,
3: Mm-hmm. Just, and this dude's this dude's a
2: teacher. He should yeah. know better, even yeah. based on yeah. just that alone. Even disregarding that, like this is his step this is his stepdaughter to be. You know, like this dude's a teacher. You
0: like, yeah. deal
3: with kids every single day, presumably yeah. half this,
0: for years. And this it's, age group, like we're not talking like Emma is a seven year old. He's used to working with high schoolers. He is working mm-hmm. with her and working with that age group and understands how they work. And it just uh-huh. was, yeah. Like this isn't just like. You're not used to the age group, so you don't know how to communicate with them. He should be, for all intents and purposes, a pretty expert guy in terms of interacting with middle schoolers. Yeah. Wow, that was... Ugh, sorry. So,
1: he, he, he storms <laughs> off. Um, he's, he's MIA. Yeah, Joey... He's like, Joey will drive you and Toby and JT home. And he goes walking <laughs> off. Um, next morning... Spike is freaking out because nobody has seen her, her, you know, husband-to-be. He comes storming into the house and makes a point that, once again, could have been, is salient, but not delivered in any way the best way.
0: Yeah, and, like, what's also scary is, like, he's, like, angry and trying to go off on her. Mm-hmm. And she is constantly, like, you're not having this conversation here. You are not having this conversation here. Like, we yeah. are not talking about this here. And once again, maybe this is just, like, me coming at it from a very specific experience <laughs> of life. But, like, man, it activated me in a way. Like, thinking and looking back on it, it, it scared me in many ways.
1: It does not portend to good a good, like, future.
0: Yeah, and, like, my note here is nobody's acting like people. My only explanation is marriage is a prison. <laughs> like that's how it yeah. felt.
2: It makes my don't you see it's evil.
0: Yeah, like but that's Something. how it, that's how it feels like. It feels like, okay, not only will is, is preparing for a wedding stressful, which is true, but mm. it turns you into somebody you're not. And that Ooh. is so scary and toxic to me. And so like they go to have the conversation elsewhere wedding stuff is still happening they try to like everyone is trying to talk about what's going on like manny joey caitlin and and like emma are still doing like prep stuff people are like sucking in helium
1: man yeah they're sucking in helium for balloons manny points out you lied to me
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and like because like she had her trust betrayed because emma promised her she wasn't going to be the one who said anything.
1: Yeah, and it does diffuse some of the tension in that, like, they're having the serious conversation with helium noise, like, with helium voices.
0: Caitlin tries to unfuck Emma's hair and is not very successful at it. And
1: then Emma decides to go for a walk.
0: Yeah, like, Manny
1: Still like, in her pajamas.
0: Yeah, and, like, well, it's also the thing that, like- uh, and then, well, it's really messy because Manny says, Manny's basically like, suck it up, and you should have listened to me. Emma is like, yeah, well, you should have listened to me and not invite Sean, and it's so messy, and, like, this part, this fight felt more like what I would associate wedding stress with, with, that you start trying to do underhanded things that you wouldn't always do with your friend, but, like, you're stressed out, so, like, it's the low-hanging fruit. Uh-huh. Um, But, yeah, like, they get really angry at each other. Um, is it Emma who walks off and kicks the car? I can't remember.
3: I think so. I think she does, because she goes,
2: I think that's, like, on her way out. Yeah. She just, like, she, she kicks this person's car, and then the helium voice back's like, hey, don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, Caitlin just, like, trying to, to like, decompress, because she's having the worst, like, 24 hours of her life. She was like, I'm gonna help my friend get married, it's gonna be great, and then, like, everything's on fire.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, like, six, like,
2: six major disasters. I <laughs> know.
1: Um, A hurricane
2: wouldn't have made
0: anything worse at all.
1: So, we also keep cutting back to <laughs> Spike and Snake.
0: Which is the most poorly laid out shot I've ever seen, because Spike looks like four foot nothing compared uh, to Spike <laughs> and Snake. It so- <laughs> She's, like, behind him and on the inside, and it's like, as somebody who's short, I was offended.
1: <laughs> and, like, they keep having, con- like... They keep having a conversation that is just like, okay, and now commercial break. Where, like, Snake will say something dramatic and then walk off. And then it's like, okay, so here's where the commercial break goes.
0: Well, like, because also, like, what Snake is saying... Like, he literally says at one point, sometimes it's like, Emma and you are the couple. And it's like, dude yeah.
1: Fucking grow up. Yeah,
0: like, that's what it means if you're going to be, and the thing is, what also pisses me off is, like, this was a plot point that I thought was resolved at this point because they talked about Emma being apprehensive to let Snake into her life in this way, and how he has to now fit a new dynamic. Like, we have done this song and dance before as a series. It's like, we're mm-hmm. done. We did
3: right. even, even Even this episode
2: kind of touches on that because, like, he's moving in, with it. It's like, you are... You're like uh, coming into this pre-established unit. Yeah, starting from scratch, uh, and that's like even in this episode, like, oh yeah, I'm moving into your apartment, and it's. I imagine it's been, like you said it was touched on before. So like, I don't know why this is sudden time to get super aggressive about it and try to use it as the backbone for some like shitty argument that doesn't have any traction, really.
0: Yeah, like Snake is like, well, you always talk with everything to each other, and blah blah blah, and it's like. You're literally attacking her for being a good mother.
1: And also... Yeah, right? What do you want me to do? Not? Yeah. <laughs> and also, motherfucker, you don't live there. Yeah. Maybe if you were, like, there, the conversations would happen with you. Like, yeah. my yeah. sister doesn't live with me, or we don't live with our parents anymore, and guess what? Like, we'll communicate through each other. Where, like, my mom be like, here's what we're doing on Saturday, tell your sister. I'm like, got it. Text Susie, like, I'll see yeah. Susie when I'm recording, and be like, this is what's happening Saturday.
0: Yeah, also, like, Gray, did you do separate bachelor, bachelorette, whatever the fuck words you would use, celebrations? No. Uh, we I, both, I thought not, we, but I wanted to check in and both, check.
2: We called it a bachelor party, but it was both of our groups, which is really just the same group, uh, and we got drunk and went on, like, Space Mountain a couple times.
0: Yeah. It a
3: party. It
0: was good. Yeah, like, but that's also the thing that, like, the thing is, is, like, also, I feel like, the crux of this episode is falling into the, the heteronormative expectations of like weddings and marriage and like the sense that you do everything yeah. separately. Uh, Meanwhile, like I feel like as, as gray, like you and Alex did, like, you know, you were celebrating it together because you are being, getting married together and like doing things I, as a unit.
2: I absolutely hate this, this notion that you see it a lot in a lot of the media that I'm involves Weddings, but I'm, it bothers me that one of the things kind of carried over into the real world, and it's this idea that a bachelor and bachelorette party are sort of like, uh the last night of the, as a free person kind of thing. Yeah. It feels like, a, analogous to like a last meal on death row. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it'll never be the same guy. Get it all done in one night, and it's gonna be crazy. And, like, that sucks. I feel like it paints because they're usually, like, the day or week before the wedding, so it kind of paints the event and everything that follows in this, like, kind of weird and negative light. And uh, they're trying to, like, do a thing like that, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, they did do that, and now it's a big problem, and they're yelling at each other for it. It's, It's so weird, and it's always a bummer. I don't know why people keep doing that and keep using this as this kind of, like, touchstone of hetero
0: marriage yeah
2: culture I guess I don't know it's super weird and I hate it
0: yeah like you're not a free person the day before your wedding if you're in a monogamous relationship in the first place like but you were like you 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 two were with each other for much longer and only with each other for much longer assuming you were in a monogamous relationship like Mm -hmm. like I just never understood that. And, like, I don't know. I don't think that's me coming from, like, my 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 alternative lifestyle angle either.
1: Well, it's just, like, if you're getting married to somebody, they should first be your friend. And then yeah. your partner. Yeah. Like.
0: Well, like, here's the problem, though. Because Snake and Spike talk about how they've been friends for so long. And Snake's like, well, maybe we should have stayed friends. And I'm like, I don't think you've been friends since you have started dating, it feels like. It feels like, like, you flip the switch you're no longer buddies anymore and you don't talk about shit with each other it, it it's not like it just feels like it's mind boggling to me as somebody who is in a relationship like a long term relationship with somebody who was my very good friend before i started dating and
1: them. what's conf even more so confusing is that like they um they like we've seen them interact with each other and it did seem like a very loving, like, caring relationship, where, like, where Emma felt like a third wheel.
0: Yeah, like, it's just, they're super lovey-dovey and happy and like each other. Yeah, I was
1: just like, this is, once again, this is an OOC fanfiction episode.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just very convenient for the sake of the writing. And then meanwhile, like, Emma appears at Sean's, And says, I ruined everything because of like her interference. And Sean is just like trying his best to be season one Sean and be really sweet and supportive to her. And Emma is like really touchy feely during this scene, which also made me feel weird. Like she constantly is putting her hand on his shoulder or on his arm. And like continuously trying to do to touch to like to like touch him and everything.
1: I I think honestly, like I think she might feel isolated.
0: Yeah, yeah, because, that's like, true. Like this is her like physically grabbing something that feels tangible like, and not fucked over by what she has done today.
1: Snake and Spike are gone. Like Manny and her. It's like this... Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Manny and her to fight this like potential like younger sibling is now also maybe off the table. It's like
1: a a lot
2: of big
0: plans
1: just kind of got, like, turned upside down and dumped on the floor. Yeah. Like, like and that's, like, now that we're talking about this, it honestly makes perfect sense that she goes to Sean.
0: It does, it does, because it's something that at one point was so familiar in a place of, that she could, like, a person that she could open up to. Um, and she, she, in the process of the conversation, she invites, like, you know, she's like, well, you know, if things work out, here's where and when and where the wedding reception is going to be. Which is which is pretty sweet. Um, and then <laughs> this part I like. This is probably the only part of the episode I actually smiled, which was um, Emma is about to leave and Sean just goes like, Emma, <laughs> she comes back into the frame. She goes, what happened to your hair? And she just, like, finger guns. <laughs> no, no, it's not finger
1: It's, not it's fing- like a
0: bleh, like, I can't do it. It's
1: not, no, finger guns is a positive thing. That's
0: true, it's like an anti-finger gun. It's
1: like, it's a point. Yeah. Like, like I'm very much like, oh, you ought to not.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, like, really good. It, it really makes me laugh.
1: And that's that's the point where I was like, okay. They're back.
0: Yeah, like it was a very sweet moment. Um, and then we go back to like the the what is supposed to be the wedding. Spike and snake are nowhere to be seen. Everybody else is like ready to go. Craig Kay- is
1: giving Angie piggyback rides. Brian's heart's cute. melting again.
0: Kaylin <laughs> is wearing a silk scarf with a strapless dress, which was very of the time period. Um <laughs> and I'm get the chills. Right? And then like Toby and JT are ushers, question mark. Once again, out of convenience. And um, oh my God. they talk about, like, how, oh, yeah, please. Yeah, they
2: talk, they talk about how i in trouble, they're. and JT says this thing, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I got a 136. and But I don't know what a 10 is on your I've been punished my mom scale. But uh, if I imagine, if I had to put it on a 10 out of 10, it'd be, like, I'm in like huge trouble. Like I'll be dealing with this for years. Thirteen times worse than that. That's like being atomized. It's like being sentenced to instant death. Like I don't know what kind of trouble you got in. (laughs) That seems extreme.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah, so like they're they're grounded and as they're like doing usherly duties, they um fancy (laughs) appears. Um and she reveals that she's here because Spike styles her hair. Um, and the boys are like, Oh, let me help you to your seat. Oh no, let me help you to your seat.
1: Then the super stylish dude is like, yo, boys. Yeah. I got it.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> this Thank al- God.
1: This awesome dude with awesome dreadlocks.
0: Yeah, like he's like super like, he's got, like this like he's
2: got a great yellow suit. Oh
0: it's yeah. Very,
2: it's very
1: yeah, Is he a character, or...? No. I
2: think, like, I think he, he, like, shuts the two of them down at the reception later. Is he to, that guy? So, like...
3: Oh. I, I, I think
2: so. I don't uh, know I would make sense. Did, but it feels like they just use the same guy to be like, hey, I'm here again to shut you down again. So, like, yeah. I guess they're supposed to be in a relationship, or... I should have double-checked.
0: Or- so... So we just missed the piece about talking about, like, we were just discussing with the bouncer. Yeah, so I don't really know what his connection was. I guess it makes sense that he was the guy that was the one who slammed the door on them. Anyway, they look like they're pretty friendly. Um, yeah. Which is nice. And then um, Emma then appears and Lucy offers to fix her hair, which, by the way, like, I feel like nobody ever actually, like, touch like... I understand the whole point is, like, her hair is an impenetrable force right now, but it also feels like they didn't yeah. even try. Like, I wish they stuck, like, a flower in it or something. Something to give me, like, a... All right. We like, we a tried.
2: to at least, like, kind of, like, press it down, maybe have a go at the back.
0: Honestly,
1: if this was Sean Prime, like, <laughs> Prime first season Sean... <laughs> He would have been just like, Emma, real quick, and just, like, quickly makes a flower crown for her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, He's that like, just there you go. Her hair. <laughs> Like, that would have been cute. But, yeah, like, nobody even bothers to put, like, a clip in her hair. Like, no, nobody's doing anything for her. They um,
2: <laughs> got one wig, and they can't mess a fit. I
0: know. <laughs> right. But, like, Spike and Snake, meanwhile, like, keep talking about how unplanned life can be. Um, and... They're, like, the the conversation takes a turn for the positive. It becomes, like, excited about potentially having a kid and blah, blah, blah. I sound, like, really anti-child. I promise I like children. I just...
1: It's just not a well-written scene.
0: No, no. It's really clunky and bad and...
1: It's, it's basically, like, let's roll this dice.
0: Yeah. And, like, it's, yeah. like, that whole thing. Like, the... This...
1: So they run, they um, run to the wedding chapel. The Which
0: the priest was about to kick them out with. He said if they don't appear within an hour, like, we're done. We got another wedding coming in.
1: <laughs> Which is fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, right?
2: See, that's the, that's the realest problem they've had all day. It's like, hey, listen, I got other shit to do. If you don't show up, I just can't do it. Was yeah. there, sorry.
1: You you brought these two little monsters into my Holy Church. <laughs>
2: <laughs> these, these demons have defiled
3: this sacred place. Yeah, right.
1: Last, we, so. what, one of them, the one in the head touched the holy water. We had to throw out the holy water. It was defiled.
3: We <laughs> to drain the whole thing. Yeah.
1: Do you know how hard it is to dump that out? <laughs>
0: Okay, so so then, right when everything's looking really bleak, Spike and Snake run in. They're still in their plain clothes, and they're like, "Fuck it, let's get married in it." And of course, like, wait, well, you know, wedding bullshit. I say this because of somebody who has written weddings. I fucking hate it. I hate writing weddings. If I can avoid writing an actual wedding ceremony for the rest of my writing career, I'll be so happy because I find them dreadfully boring.
1: I mean, real it's weddings
2: the pain are boring. The
0: pain in the That's true.
2: The only, the only rich vein. Is if your characters do their own vows?
0: Yeah, like and that would be good. We didn't,
2: we didn't get to we didn't get to see that really in this one because they kind of had to like go through it. Uh, a lot of the things near the end of this episode kind of get moved through really quickly. Maybe yeah, maybe it's because I got like twenty minutes to do this whole thing.
0: Exactly. But like, uh, our conversation on the dock was very like swingy from
2: like super dire to no we figured it out and then they rush there
0: yeah spikes in this
1: this this
2: premium nd 500 t-shirt
1: <laughs> <laughs> like this the you know what could have been served so much better is if snake comes to spike's house is like we need to go talk but is calm and like they just ha- And they had a conversation about their fears. And it yeah. was a calm, honest conversation. We didn't need yeah. to have them yelling at each other.
0: Exactly. And like, I they think... It could have even done a thing where it was like, Hey, I
2: was really on edge. A lot happened yesterday. Let's yeah. figure it
0: out. Yeah.
1: You know what would have been amazing? Like, if if Snake was just like, I just straight up yelled at Emma when she came to tell me this. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be a real bad dad. And
0: Oh my god, that would have been so good. Like, that would have been really good.
1: And Spike is just like, all right, we're going to work on that. Don't yell at my child. We're going to work on that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because you still would have been able to show your characters flawed. I I think people misconstrue, like, showing a relationship that communicates as if your characters are perfect. Absolutely not. Like, you're going to have strife. It's just, why are you going to model on a teen program that heterosexual marriage is a fucking prison?
1: It's like... I feel like a lot of dramas think that drama only comes from, like, two emotions, anger and sadness, when there's just a whole, you know, like, rainbow of emotions out there that you can pull drama from, like, fear is an excellent one, like, determination, happiness, Mm -hmm. like, it can all, you know, all those emotions have merit and weight, and, like, they all make for compelling writing.
0: I agree. And then, like, so... They,
2: They could have played on exhaustion anxiety but instead they just play it on like kind of like very rote misunderstanding and anger that's very kind of i don't know it feels misplaced
0: i agree and then like so they kiss joey's laughing really fucking loud i feel like that was an editing issue (laughs) um (laughs) yeah those levels are how
1: He's like, "Oh, where to go, idiot?"
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Like you're trapped now. Um, but yeah, so like, like he's like laughs really loudly, they go to have reception on the beach. Snake then meets fancy and fancy super fucking coy about the whole thing. Um, cuz she's probably just thinking dumbass men. Like and she's
1: probably thinking that all last night as well.
0: Yep, and then yeah, I mean, true. Um, and then snake like you know snake tells spike like you know admits that like you know oh like she came over and spike is like you know i'm not i don't judge fancy but i'm judging you because boys are desperate basically like like y'all are gross but also she should make that money off of you anyway so good for her (laughs) which feels like the most spike thing she says this whole episode um, she tosses the bouquet, and Joey catches it, and then Caitlin swipes it from him, because only girls can capture bouquets.
2: Yeah. It's
0: now, a lot,
1: So it is written.
0: Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> bad wedding music kicks in. Um.
1: I, so, i do not sure if I mentioned this on another episode, but I really like it. They just, um, Hot Wet American summered it, and the only music they ever used was the Zit song.
0: Oh, stop. <laughs> which already <laughs> I mean, made an appearance. That. It, that was like so like back in the day that was like the Zits was like Snake and Joey's band and they had one song and it was that song that Joey sings while he's on helium.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. Yeah. Um the the boys <laughs> Fight over who gets to dance with Fancy. That smooth operator shows up and just like, move out of the way, children.
0: Yeah, he's like very amused, but he's still. Yeah, right? He's like, goodbye.
1: I like to think that, like, that man was like, yo, Fancy, do you want to go to a villa? And we'll just hang out and be bros.
0: Yeah, right? Like, (laughs) he, like, you know, he shoes them away. And Emma looks out in the distance and underneath a big tree, she sees Sean in a collared shirt and tie looking looking you know a little 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 suave in his own little bad boy way um, he's, he's like a cool loner he's yeah got like, he's
2: under the shadow trees
0: he's got yeah. one
2: foot on the ground and the other's kind of wrapped up
0: yeah very uh,
2: uh mysterious very cool very cool cool,
0: cool. oh oh you're up with each other and they dance but they dance underneath the shade of the tree you know
1: he says so so slow song is playing why aren't you dancing
0: yeah yeah it's like really like everything just lines up perfectly and you know what if their relationship didn't fall apart the way it did i would have been hook line and sink sinker into this because like it 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 like i oh. i
3: was sunk
2: i was hook line and sinker i felt like I yanked out of the water
0: yeah i'm so <laughs>
2: with this entire revelation
0: Yeah, like, it was just, like, it was really good, and it made me, like, once again, like, it made me think about season one, Sean, because it felt like what season one Sean would do. Like, it was good.
1: And then they smooch. Yep. And according to the Degrassi wiki, both Emma Nelson and Miriam McDonald just got their first kiss.
3: Oh really? (laughs) Kiddo. I
2: wrote that B-plot is resolved with a capital R. And that's
3: a cute extra trivia
0: bit on it. That's very unresolved. Yeah. Aww. Well, so that's the end of our episode. So the question is, Frank. We made it. Yeah. So the question is, Frank. We did make it through. We, we're still done. We're not done. They made it through. Um, Frank. Oh, they
1: did, yes.
0: Frank, what would you rate this episode?
1: Honestly, uh, let's see. Okay. Not... It It gets elevated for some of the bits in there, but that's all there was. There was bits amongst like a miasma of just garbage writing and like I keep I I want this This show has the potential to constantly swerve on me and just like like with Sean. Like I was like, oh here's the tough bad boy. He's like, oh Sean's pretty cool actually. And like all these other things and Or, like, with Terry's modeling. Mm. And it's just like, you have the chance and you constantly blow it. Like, Susan Nelson has abandoned this. And just like, come on, my dudes, like, get better. Like, get yeah. up to Susan Nielsen's level.
0: Yeah, it sucks when you have people in your in in your lineup that can elevate this material, or you have writers who have written strong episodes. Like, that's the other part that's really frustrating, because it's like, you have episodes like Shout and episodes like Doves Don't Cry that are really, really good, and then you have garbage like this, and it's just like, <laughs> like, how can you handle sexual assault? With nuance and understanding of survivors, but then also do these really hack job conversations of being anti choice. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And I understand, once again, it's not always gonna be winners, and like, even the best TV shows have clunker episodes. Like, it, anybody who has a favorite television show can speak to episodes that they love and episodes that they don't love as much, but there's something to be said. About like watching a full season of this show and literally having some of my favorite episodes of the whole entire series in it and some of my least favorite episodes of the whole entire series in it. It's it's wild to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Gray, what do you rate this episode? If you if you feel so bold as to share. Uh,
2: oh man, it seems it's like is this on on par for DeGrassi? It feels like this one. I, I feel this. It seems like it goes against vibe I've heard of the show growing up because I know it was like very important for a lot of people. It feels like yeah, it's like a C, C, C- minus. Mm-hmm. It feels like it it misses the mark on some of its most important things that it's trying to push through and some of its like biggest concepts and some of the little like comic relief bits are like semi passable at best and like absolutely disgust worst. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't want to call it an outright fake because I've only seen one. I mm-hmm. don't be too hard, but, but yeah, I feel like like low mid C. Yeah,
0: like seventy four. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I I'm too biased. I can't rate, but that sounds about right. Um, so next we'll do character rankings. Um, so, where characters stand after this episode, or initial impressions in your case, Gray. So, Frank, if you want to start with this one. Oh, I'm tired. I know.
1: Um, Spike and Snake, you're both going down. Like, it's just, I know you're written really out of character, but I have to get what I see. I just don't care for either of you this episode. Um, (laughs) Emma stuck to her guns and was Emma through the whole episode, so she's on the rise. Um, Manny also right now the character she's going down a bit. Sean you're rising up a quarter level to where you were at the n- before the last two episodes of season 1. You're rising up to about 12.5% of that. And you finally get to rise away from JT and Toby who are dropping through yet another trap door. Oh my god. <laughs> Cuz like
0: they've been falling. I, I
1: well, I made I made a promise that I would forgive Sean when Emma forgave Sean. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. So it's recorded, so.
1: Yeah. Um Joey's going down for being a piece of shit. Angie, like, is just hanging out with Paige at the top <clears throat> for being adorable. Craig, I just Craig's going down.
0: Yeah, he's a he was a horn dog this episode. It's yeah, like, really annoying.
1: I like I liked Craig even when he was breaking Manny's heart because he was doing it reluctantly mm-hmm. and <laughs> was not pumped on it. Um, so yeah, uh, who else was there? Her three friends. <laughs> Whichever one said that bullshit about like, at least you're with somebody who loves you now. <sighs>
0: I still can't believe that happened.
1: So many people going down. Oh my god. Tracker, you're going on, you're on the yeah, rise. Tracker for, was good. Tracker for being a good... Even though we forgot to mention, he was like... Showing... Sean pictures of scantily clad ladies.
0: Oh, I entirely blocked that out. There was so much to take in this okay. episode.
1: I do feel like that's normal, like... Big, older sibling stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, um... Is there anybody else...
0: I feel like that was kind of, it. it's weird because this episode oh, had everybody and nobody.
1: Principal Radish for trying to be a party dude when he's clearly not a party dude. Yeah. And, um, Miss Kwan for your three seconds. Trying your best with these Nimrods.
0: Right. Um.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I just imagine if was at the bachelor party.
0: Oh, that would be good.
1: <laughs> She's like, should I just go? I'll just go.
0: I'm like, I'm gonna, bye. Bye bye. Um,
1: I, I expected more from you, Spike.
0: Right. <laughs> Snake. Well, it doesn't matter. I expected more from both of you. Oh,
1: cobra statue, you're on the rise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I don't see that ever again, I'm going to be real upset.
1: <laughs> just, like, Paige is having a tea party with Angie at the top of the rankings, and suddenly a little door opens up and cobra statue pops up. <laughs>
0: She's like, Ugh, you're not wearing the latest fashion, you didn't read the invitation.
1: <laughs> and, and she just pours the, the cobra statue and tea, cup of tea.
0: Yeah. Um, Gray, I know that you are new, so I know a lot of this is kind of hard to take in, so if you want to give any, like, highlights, lowlights, feel free. Um, so when I
2: finished the episode, top three were Spike, Emma, Sean, and after review and discussion, um, I feel like Sean three, uh, Spike two, Emma one. After I finished the episode, I was like, blew her mom's spot. <laughs> I wrote, like, in all caps, like, she's going to blow up her spot as she walks up to Snake. And then in all caps, twice as big, she blew up her spot. <laughs> um, but that seems on brand, and it feels like, like, this is the learning experience for a team does this kind of thing. And then this is the, this is the point in their life when they're like, you know what, maybe I won't do that ever again. It's like, get it. Um... Middling middling tier, just by everyone else, Uh, special mention for JT and Toby, Uh, they are toilet beasts who deserve exile, banishment, uh, imprisonment. (laughs) They are bastard children, and I hate them. (laughs) I've heard tell that they are beloved, and I cannot fathom what kind of heel turn these these (laughs) villains
3: make
2: to get there. It's gotta be something.
0: Maybe if we just approach them like they're wrestlers, maybe that's how we need to get through this. (laughs) They're (laughs) heels.
1: Gray, can you do me a solid? Yes. When you send me the audio for this, can you also send me your notes? Like, just send me pictures of them. I want to see
3: these notes. Screen
1: cap them and send them through (laughs) But I am like I have some,
2: some, uh, some nice ones in here. I have my third to last note when uh, JT and Toby are harassing Fancy at the reception. And it just says, Relentless, these boys. And all cats.
1: Yeah. I I'll I will type these out and send them over. No, you don't have to type them.
2: Those are my power score rankings.
3: Thank but you.
1: MVP is either um, the... the travel
3: brochure wedding invitation <laughs> or Snake's uh, motherboard
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what we should start doing, the MVP of the episode it's gonna be Paige <laughs> <It's just laughs> <always> gonna be <laughs> or or in this case a prop when Paige is not here, it has to be a prop <laughs> oh.
1: well, I, feel, I feel like
2: if, um Characters already have their power score. MVP should just be an inanimate object.
0: <laughs> I agree. I love this idea. I
1: kind of now want to make like Degrassi trading cards, like the old Mover cards that were like energy projection, <laughs> like intelligence, strength, speed. It's
2: like a it's like a five star rare pull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the <wedding>
0: invitation. <laughs> uh, so, um um so let's go to recommendations where we recommend things that are similar in nature to this type of stuff or you can also recommend things that you're just enjoying right now um right now i am reading something that does have feature some miscommunication though so far it does not bother me like this episode seemed to which is what if it's us um, which is by Becky Albertalli and Adam Silvera. If you're you know me, you know I love Becky Albertalli. I've recommended her books before on the show. I don't think I don't know if I've recommended Adam Silvera's stuff yet, but I love him. Um, they just recently released a book, like last week at the time of this recording, um, in which they are writing together. Um, so it's a love story. It talks about um, these two boys who meet each other in New York City. Uh, one is a local, the other one is a transplant, doing an internship. Um, I just started it, I haven't finished it, but I really enjoy it. I think both of them are very strong writers, and if you want to see characters trying to figure out how to communicate when they are constantly missing each other and missing their marks, this could be what you're looking for. If you want to find something that's like maybe more what the writers probably wish they wrote after watching this episode, I'm pretty sure Moonstruck is still on Netflix. So, like, go watch it and enjoy yourself and watch share and, like, be amazing and this weird little, like, snapshot of being an Italian-American of a certain time period and, you know, go enjoy yourself watching something like that because even for its faults, it's still way more entertaining than this episode was.
1: You got anything, Ray? I
2: do. If you are excited about family drama and you want to see a story that has miscommunication as a major hurdle to the plot done in a way that really works well. Um, I've been watching also on Netflix and really enjoying, uh, the haunting at Hill house.
3: Oh yeah. Haunting I've heard no, a lot Hill about house. this.
2: Um, it is a horror show. so scaly. It's got lots of ghosts, but I feel like at its core, it's a, it's a family drama that family. It's, it's based on the, the, the novel. Um, it's about this family who stays in this haunted, house, but it's kind of like a then and now thing. You kind of change perspectives between them when most of the main characters were children living in this house and this like terrible event that had them flee and traumatized them, and then them as adults as they're trying to kind of process this thing that they can't really explain to anyone, and even amongst themselves they disagree on what happened. And you kind of see them all processing their thing in their own ways, trying to move forward as a family with what happened, even though it was so terrible and none of them can really properly, you know, figure out what... I haven't finished it yet. It's been very, very good so far. Um, It's on brand for October. uh, Also on Netflix. And it's really, really fun. If you can... If you're the kind of person who can handle the horror, it's not, like, graphically violent in any, like, slasher movie ways. And it's not, like, outrageously upsetting for upsetting sake. Um, but it is scary. A lot of ghosts. A lot of, mm. of spooks, haunts, chills, frights, and very uh, hard-hitting drama.
1: I like it a lot. Nice. I never realized I think this is going to come out on Thanksgiving. It's okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's fine.
2: It's, it
3: was
1: October, and it, it uh, should still be there when you're listening. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to recommend what's probably a problematic fave, uh, or a problematic... In general, um, Modern Family, because they actually do this exact plot line and they do it better than this.
0: Let's be real. I feel like. <laughs> like, I recommended Moonstruck. We're not looking for perfection here this week. Well,
1: it's just like. I'm just. Like, the whole thing is glorious. Like, I'm pregnant. And they're like, oh, our dad does not react well to surprise. And then he's just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard when he finds out.
0: Yeah. Like.
1: He's like, everybody's been telling me I'm old now and my life's going to be, like, a dreadful, like, walk to the grave. He's like, now I get to have a baby with the woman I love. This is going to be amazing. Plus, it also has a much better stepdad does not understand stepson, but they learn to love each other thing than Mm -hmm. what we've seen so far between Emma and and Snake.
0: Yeah. So,
1: like, you know, new dad coming into an already established dynamic and them having to learn. Yeah, So.
0: Yeah, I think those are fair game. Um, So, Gray, you have made Mm -hmm. it through.
2: I made it through. I knew I could do it.
0: (laughs) I'm
3: so tired of something. Thank (laughs) you so much for having me.
0: No problem. Um, Are there any forms of social media that people can continue their conversation with you?
2: Unfortunately for you, yes, it is true. Um, I'm on Twitter at robot underscore seven. And I also do a podcast with three friends um, called 20 Sided Spies. It's a Dungeons & Dragons live play show with high fantasy secret agents and a lot of big problems. Um, we've recorded a bunch recently, or also very new, just kind of getting started. We got our first reviews pretty recently, too. And we, also, we had a very similar moment where we, Alex and I were sitting on the couch together reading this like one review, the one review left by someone we don't know, and we are like, oh, they like the show.
0: It's so variegating.
2: i feel so, so grateful. Yeah. Um, we can find that show on iTunes. It's called Twenty-Sided Spy, and we are on Twitter for it at um, I think it's at Twenty-Sided Spy. Yes, it is. I had to look it up because I forgot.
0: It's okay. A lot
2: of one letter, diff- a lot of one letter differences in our brand, but mm-hmm. um, that's where you can find me and things I
0: do. Awesome. Are you Are you subscribed, Gray? Oh, yeah, it's true. I was like, what is what is Frank doing on his phone? Is he sending, like, a panic message to somebody to pick him up so he can leave? And, like, no, he was being kind.
1: Dear um, mom, I want to go home.
0: <laughs> but, um, <laughs> thank you. Um, and if you want to keep in touch with us, you can email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. You can check us out on Twitter at ihopepod, Tumblr at ihopepod, and you can join our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. Um, also, please check out the link at the bottom where we have our coffee account, so if you want to help us be able to offer compensation to our guests or just help us out with equipment and stuff like that. Feel free to do so. Also do not hesitate to continue reviewing because clearly it makes us very happy and we will thank you on air. Um, if that is something you enjoy, um, if you would like to talk to me individually, you can talk to me on Twitter at DM is unbreakable.
1: Um, I have another podcast called teen girl talk. Um, it's where my sister and I talk about teen media. Um, we would also really like it if you would like to come on the show and be a co-host. Yes. Or if you would like to send us a little thing to read about how Degrassi has helped you or, like, why the show is important to you. You can send us an audio file or you can send it something for Donnie and I to read. Um, yeah. Did we hit everything?
3: It's really yeah. a really
1: fun guy. It's a good time. You should All try right. it. It's true. All the the links are in the uh, description for our Tumblr, Twitter, and email, and our coffee.
0: Yep. Um, So that being said, um, we hope we can keep making it through and that you'll be there with us. Until next week, everyone. See ya.
1: We've made it through.
0: Woo! Woo!